You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. It is Football Friday Night. I'm Adrian Broadus. Joined with me is Paul McKinnon. We are bringing you the coverage ahead of time for the high school football season that's kicking off tonight. Well, it officially kicked off last night, and we'll recap the games. We'll give you everything that you need to know about this 2022 fall high school football season. Paul, we're back. We're back for another season. It's great to be with you. And opening night, uh, I, I think always the most fun because, you know, it's just a big mystery. It's like, you know, maybe the NFL draft or you don't know what's out there. You know, we think these guys don't have something, and we think they do have something. And all of a sudden, you know, especially like America's last night, they thought they had one of the best quarterbacks in town. Mark Moore goes down and, and you know, with a possible neck and head injuries. From what I'm hearing, uh, doing all right, no no neck stuff today. So, But, I mean, that's a, that's a terrible first step for America's who gave a good Midland Christian team everything they wanted last night, double overtime loss. No, you're most definitely right. And, and I, I can't wait to dive into everything. We're going to talk about last night's games. There was three uh, matchups last night. We'll talk about our, our 915 Tours game of the week in Pebble Hills and Canyon Teal. Later on, we'll be joined by Steve Escajeda, of course, Brandon the Iceman Cone out at Eastlake and Andrus will join Jeremy Caranco out at uh, the Coronado Chapin game and then of course of course, uh, we'll go out to the coach Jaime Chavez. Uh, he will be, bring us the action when it comes to El Dorado and Parkland. That's all coming up here on the Football Friday Night pregame show. Uh, just a programming note this is how things will run tonight uh, we will come on from right now until 6 o'clock previewing all the action across the city of El Paso all of our reporters are currently out right now uh, and they're getting ready for tonight's coverage and then after the El Paso Chihuahuas broadcast with Tim Haggerty we'll be back on air to bring you all the recap action and the cool part about this Paul we've got an early pitch for Chihuahuas baseball starting at six we might have some games still in action when we come back on how nice would that be but uh, I think the worst thing you can do is bet on baseball ending when it's uh, supposed to Sure. I'm, I'll just tell you the first six innings will probably fly by, maybe an hour 45, and then we get to those last three, and maybe a couple hours later we'll be still waiting for that final pitch, and that's if they stay in regulation. The pregame show tonight is brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Football Friday Night pregame show is brought to you by Real Texas Builders. Ask your home builder if they're a member of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders. Visit ElPasoBuilders.com to learn more. Um, I, I talked about it earlier. We'll get to our, our uh, 915 Tours Game of the Week. But before we do that, we have to lay the foundation for this year's high school football season, Paul. And the first thing that I'm looking at is realignment. Let's catch everybody up with uh, how real realignment really shakes up. Uh, and it first starts up with mostly the 5A and the 4A changing a ton. And then we have a new member when it comes to the 6A. So let's talk a little bit about realignment. Yeah. And you know what? Let's do it from the top down because I know I'm going to get confused enough. And you know, you're trying to let somebody know something. You can barely keep it straight yourself. The good news, I, th- I think it's going to be a good year for uh, the 6A district. Got, got a couple of new teams up there. New is in uh, old also. El Dorado, which is down at 5A for a couple of years. And they've been struggling. So this is one of the teams that probably not too happy with the move. They're back up in 6A. They're going to have to turn their game up uh, if they want to compete. Uh, Eastlake's been up there for a couple of years already, and, and boy, they've enjoyed it. One loss in two seasons of playing 6A football, and still no district championship somehow. You explain that one to me. But, uh, yeah, so nine teams, which means two weeks into this season, it's going to be district time for 6A. So 6A is going to be a lot of fun this year. Uh, as you said, in the 5As, 
all the uh, Asleta District schools all decided to get back together. Remember, we had that little uh, Super 5A last year. Bel Air was there. Del Valle was there. And then we had other teams like Dorado. Well, all those other teams, Chapin, one of them, took off. So that was leaving Bel Air and uh, Bel Air to itself with Del Valle. So Asleta said, ah, what the heck? Let's just put all those teams back together. Along with Horizon, Horizon comes along for the ride. You got Parkland back in. So really, you have that old, that old district put back together. And again, if you're going to pick a team that uh, maybe this benefits, I'd, I'd look at the Bel Air Highlanders. When this old district was together with even better teams, Canyon Teo, remember, was a part of this. East Lake was a part of this. Of course, those guys are now removed. Uh, East Lake in 6A, Canyon Teo in the other 5A with uh, Burgess and Anderson and those guys. And again, with Chapin. But uh, Bel Air 2017, last time in their playoffs in this old district, that was a uh, 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 Ray Casada, the, the receiver, and uh, and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Willie Willie Pettis, uh, the hundred yard guy, and and the quarterback was Ivada, and you know they would always and they did it a couple of years, uh, two out of three years, I think, sneak it in like the last game of the season that have to beat Esleta, and they'd come out, and that's exactly what they do, and they'd get into playoffs. If I'm Bel Air, which has just really be a, been a whipping boy the last again four years, I would be excited to be back in this district where maybe I have a shot if I can win the final game of the season of, of sneaking in and grabbing a playoff berth. Well, one of the districts that I'm really looking forward. To and I think everybody in this town should be looking for is District 15A Division 2. It's loaded with three uh, district champions from last year. I'm talking about Canyoteo, Chapin, and Andres, who will be joined by El Paso, Burgess, and Jefferson. What a district, Paul. Yeah, without a doubt. And again, who does it hurt? If I'm, <laughs> if I'm the Burgess Mustangs, I'm the one who's worried now. Uh, Tavares right. Jones, three straight district titles, uh, you know, tied always. And one of them was that creepy 2020 COVID year where I think they just said, okay, you're a champion, you're a champion, you're a champion. There you go. But three straight district titles, never happened to Burgess before. Seven straight playoff appearances. Again, Never happened before. Uh, six of those under the current coach, uh, Neil Rutledge, about to enter his seventh season. But, uh, yeah, no more Tavares Jones. All they have coming back is the quarterback. I guess it's a good thing that the QB is the coach's kid. Uh, Rutledge's uh, son, Andrew, the senior quarterback. But uh, none of the skilled guys look the same. And as you said, he is in a loaded district. Kenny Teal just not on the offensive side of the football, on the defensive side. Uh, they have You talk about the Carrillo brothers, uh, Chewy Carrillo and his brother, Eddie Carrillo, who was who – was, Causing bumps and bruises last year as a freshman D-back. Five picks from that guy. As you said, Chapin, a district champ as well, beat Del Valle to win the, the uh, 1-5A uh, D, D1 title last year. So they really are loaded. Again, Chapin missing their quarterback, no Mason Standifer. So they're going to have to that's – a, that's a big plug piece for them. But exactly right, an exciting district, and I think it could be exciting for a fourth place. Jefferson lost a lot of guys, but they still have some stuff coming back. Maybe Jeff and Burgess and El Paso High has been a team on the rise. They, they lost the, their receiver, Christian Carrillo. But, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback comes back. Chitis. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the, and the Acosta kid, uh, the, the running back. So they got a lot of skilled talent returning. Among those three, and, and I throw Burgess down into that because who knows what, what they're going to be this season. Maybe fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot, and that should be fun too. A sneaky third, one of my sneaky third favorite uh, districts when you look across the city of El Paso is District 14A Division 1. And I'm looking at the two-headed monster in Austin and Riverside as uh, those two teams atop that district who will be competing for that district title. Uh, you've got Bowie, Irvin, and San Elizario rounding out this district right here. Right, uh, if I'm Bowie and Irvin again, I'm you know I'm excited to be here. A chance to slip into the playoffs, you know, not that many teams, and I see San Eli is on my schedule, and they've been a, a whipping boy more years than not over the last, you know, umpt- umpteen years. But uh, 
uh, Riverside brings everybody back again. We always, I always look at the skill guys. I always think that's a barometer of how good somebody's going to be. And they were terrific last year. You know, the guy who ran for 1,998 yards, almost two yards from 2,000, the only quarterback ever in the city of El Paso to rush for that many yards. Wow. Well, that kid comes back. Speedy Moon, the only quarter, quarterback. Quarterback now. Yeah, we know Aaron Dumas went for 31-84. That's the city record. But, uh, yeah, in 13 games, because remember, those guys went uh, uh, to the round of 16 last year. Three teams from El Paso went to the round of 16 last year. How crazy is that? But Speedy Munoz and uh, Guardado back there as well, he ran for... 1,500, 1,600, maybe 1,500 yards as well. So that running attack, returns attack, and some of those guys on defense, remember they led the city, I think it was 36 turnovers, 35 turnovers last year. Adrian, Adrian Estrada, in fact, the game they played tonight against, against Esleta, he had a 97-yard return for a fumble last uh, last year in that 50-24-ish uh, who knows what the real score was when so a lot of guys coming back for a team that already went to the round of 16 so Riverside really a team to watch this year and then the last district to mention uh, 1-4-A Division 2 this one featured a little bit of a shift as well seeing Clinton Mountain View Fabens go down they also acquire Fort Stockton Monahans and Pecos interesting district right here yeah, that one's kind of uh, kind of tough. You, at least one El Paso team will get out into the playoffs amongst uh, uh, those three: Clint, Mountain View, Clint, Mountain View. Both well, well, Mountain View especially. Clint lost everybody from last year. All their skill right. skill guys: uh, Isaiah Aguilar, I think the quarterback; uh, Manny Delgado, the running back; uh, the Ivy kid. In fact, they led off with uh, Hershey last last night, the team that knocked him out of uh, the playoffs a season ago. In fact, went all the way to the semifinals of uh, those four A playoffs. And uh, they they got smashed pretty good, you know, to be expected. Thirty five nothing at half. I think the final was forty eight to seven. One of the guys who left last year, Dylan uh, Ivy, his uh, little brother. Uh, I want to say Colin. Call it Ivy. A six yard touchdown run late. Uh, you know, keep from getting skunked. But Clint is is going to be a struggle. But as as usual, they're usually the class of the the, the local far. Um, what direction is that? Far East teams. I will say Mountain View. They lost their quarterback, Junior Salcedo, record-setting quarterback for them. He set all the Mountain View passing records. But uh, they bring over, uh, I believe it's Alex Rodriguez, who's a top tackler from the defensive side, guy with a big arm. And they still, they're dripping in skill, guys. The, that sophomore from a year ago, uh, Hansel Hernandez, 1,200 yards, a ton of touchdowns. They had their, their best running back, Gil Gamboa. If you remember Chris Gamboa, the QB at Mountain View, he's the one that led them to their first playoff by district victory ever that was three or four years ago well Gil Gambo is back he's an all-purpose guy as is Alex Lerma so all their skill guys are back they just got to find a guy who could distribute and it could be a, a terrific year for uh, Mountain View and even if if Pecos and uh, you know Fort Stockton and those guys Monahan's that was what Monahan's beat Riverside last year as a lower 4-8 team uh, you know so Monahan's is tough. Even if one team comes out, it'll be interesting to me to watch the three local teams. More importantly, the, the two locals. You know, Fabian's in the mix as well. But uh, uh, Mountain View and Clint to see who can fight their way into the playoffs if it comes down to just one El Paso team qualifying. Now, I, I want to shift over to our uh, scoreboard for tonight. We've got a lot of games in town and then some games out of town as well. Uh, first off, our local scoreboard is brought to you by the Oscar Arietta Agency from a locally owned insurance agency. The Oscar Arietta Agency is proud to serve El Paso with seven locations from the west side to Fabens. The Oscar Arietta Agency can help you with our, your home, auto, and life insurance. Oscar Arietta is the official insurance 
insurance agent of UTEP Miners, and you can visit riseup915.com to learn more about their prizes and giveaways for the Oscar Arieta Agency. Our local scoreboard, we've got nine reporters out tonight for Football Friday Night. Again, this is the pregame show. We'll have the postgame show following the Chihuahuas broadcast, so stay tuned here on 600 ESPN El Paso, and also check out our scoreboard on 600ESPNElPaso.com along with our Twitter page where you can check out scores in real time. Our 915 Tours Game of the Week, Pebble Hills at Cañoteo. This will be with Steve Escajeda. He's out at this game, and uh, he'll join us in a little bit to break uh, this game down as uh, I I can't wait for it. Two of the top teams in all of the the city of El Paso. Brandon the Iceman Cone will be out at uh, the SAC. Eastlake hosting Andrus, a great non-district game. Jaime Chavez will be out at Parkland covering the Matadors, taking on the El Dorado Aztecs. Centennial will be hosting Franklin tonight. That's out in Las Cruces. Bill Kuhn will be joining us for that coverage. Joe Rod will be out at Riverside as the Rangers host the Isleta Indians. And then Coronado at Chapin. This one will be taking place at Irvin Memorial. Jeremy Caranco will be covering the action for this one. And then uh, this this one will be actually at Austin. Uh, and then for this one, for the next one, we've got J.D. Sursley out at Del Valle, the Conquistadores hosting Burgess Mustangs. Uh, we also have Alpine taking on Mountain View. We'll hear from Joey Panisi from that game. Irvin taking on Bel Air. Russ Bannister joining us for the coverage of this one. And then Hanks going up against Bowie. David Guest, one of our newest reporters here on Football Friday Night, joining us for the coverage of this one. Paul, I want to now shift gears and talk a little bit about some of the new head coaches across the city of El Paso. We have six new coaches making their head uh, coaching debut tonight. First off, I want to talk about Mike Pry. He now leads the Coronado Thunderbirds as their newest head coach. Pry, who is a longtime assistant in El Paso, he had a successful assistant coaching stint out at Pebble Hills under uh, Mar- uh, Mark Torres. This won't be an easy rebuild whatsoever for the Thunderbirds, but uh, I like Mike Pry. I think he's uh, ignited a, a nice spark within that Coronado Thunderbirds program, and he's got people at least to come out and, and go with the team. I mean, last year I was looking at the sidelines for some of those Thunderbird programs, and uh, I mean, they, they just didn't have a lot of guys suiting out, Paul. Well, yeah, you know, and a new new coach, especially a young guy with a lot of energy like uh, like Pry, you know, that's what you get. You get a lot more energy, but energy goes so far. You know, you get the same, uh, you know, like they say, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Bubba's and Joe's. You got a lot of the same Bubba's and Joe's that were on the field last year. Those Bubba's and Joe's were uh, extremely young, and, and a lot of them are year, young, uh, year older, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, Blake Randag and Owen Levesque were sharing the quarterback duties last year, both sophomores. Uh, remember uh, the the Escovedo kid went down. That was a, r- a real tragic blow for the Coronado football program last year because they just had no experience in it, and it really showed on the field. Neither, neither one really did a decent job handling it. I hear Levesque has uh, won the job or been given the job. I think part of that is so they can put Randag out into the field, another position where where he can be a, a playmaker, along with Cade Little, the one the one guy who really does uh, return. I like him a lot. He uh, consistently made plays, but I mean it's kind of like uh, the, you know the Xavier Johnson kid at Hanks, the running back well you're pretty good but you know the, the guys next to you maybe not the same level and when it's just you being pretty good that doesn't make you a pretty good team so yeah we'll be watching the Coronado early this will be a good sign Chapin stomped him last year I think it was like a 38 can't be 38 9 maybe 38 7 final or something like that can Coronado be uh in it and a Coronado should be uh, taken down to Chapin anyway uh, you know a 6a versus a 5a so let's see how they perform tonight and I think that'll have a lot to do with uh, with what kind of steps Coronado takes this season 
Some other uh, new coaches making their debuts tonight before we wrap up this segment. Eddie Cano taking place out at uh, Socorro. He's coming from the Pebble Hills coaching ranks. You also have Dwan Smith. He'll be leading Horizon as their new head coach as a uh, former strong assistant with uh, Americas. Now you have Lee McWhorter uh, replacing Eric Franz out at Parkland. Uh, that is a significant one right yeah. there. He led uh, Eric Franz led the team and won 10 games or more in five seasons. Matadors have made the playoffs in six straight years and won three district titles in that span right there. Big shoes for Lee McWhorter to fill. And then now you also have uh, George Lavario, who is the replacement for Jacob Belshi out at Fabens. He's also making his head coaching debut. And then Mountain View has a new head coach as well, Paul. Yeah, uh, an old friend, DJ Check, back in the 90s. He was quarterback extraordinaire, throwing it all over the place. Uh, Again, back when all those teams were together, Fabens and Clint and, you know, Mountain View and and uh, like I said, he was lighting it up, and he's been on staff for a few years. And, of course, when Gary Rendell uh, decided to retire, the number four tenured uh, coach in the in the city at the time, I think, uh, 15 years, uh, his son's playing at Santa Teresa, decided to step down, move out to Santa Teresa, and join that staff. And, of course, they promoted within. So a lot of the same staff still there. And just now uh, DJ checked ahead. The one you mentioned was was uh, Parkland and, and Lee McWhorter out there. They really are loaded. Remember Park- I'm with you. I'm with you. Parkland just 2-8 and eight last year. 2-8, and eight, but wow. a really tough schedule. And I saw them in the playoffs where they just took Austin apart. You got uh, Demario Crest Daniels. I think he's committed to Texas Tech. Terrific-looking receiver. Uh, 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 you got the the lineman who's Tyrone McDuffie. Tyrone McDuffie on his way way to Colorado. So a lot of talent there, and you, and it took him a while to settle on a quarterback. Uh, Eric Ortiz, the sophomore quarterback. I like about him. midway through the season. By the way, we got Parkland El Dorado tonight. I think there's three, only three games that were played a season ago. But remember, this was a tremendous game, fifty to forty six on a Thursday night at the sack. Dorado wins that one. Eric Ortiz won the quarterback job in this game, forty six on a, on the board. Drove his team down late for a score to go ahead and they kick the ball off to Andre Thomas, brings it all the way back with few seconds left on the clock for the big Dorado victory. Highlight of his year. The very next week, made a nice catch against Fort Stockton. Landed on his shoulder. Broken collarbone. Of course, a graduated senior now, along with Isaiah Rudison. Dorado missing a lot of talent. Quincy Turner there all by himself. We'll see who the new uh, talent is for uh, El Dorado. And, uh, and uh, see if Parkland, with a better schedule, is, is ready to start stringing some wins together. You're listening to the pregame show of Football Friday Night presented by the El Paso Association of Builders. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, Steve Escajeda will join us for our 915 Tours Game of the Week. It's Canyon Tio versus Pebble Hills. And along with, uh, we'll, we'll head out to Coach Jaime Chavez and Brandon the Iceman Cone as well as you're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. It's the pregame show presented by the El Paso Association of Builders. Football Friday Night pregame show is brought to you by Real Texas Builders. You can ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders. Visit ElPasoBuilders.com to learn more. I'm excited to ping around to some of our reporters all across the Sun City. But before we do that, I do want to mention this and special thanks to Eric Weaver, uh, who just uh, t- actually tweeted this out to me. A new coach, uh, Luis Elias, out at Anthony right now, Paul. And we did some digging, and uh, yeah, he's got he's been around uh, he's been around this city for a long time as a, an assistant coach. 
Yeah, DC, uh, a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Chapin for a long period of time. Did a year at, at Burgess. I, I know Luis a little bit. And uh, from there, I know he wound up at Bel Air uh, with uh, Eric Scoggin. So, you know, now out at Anthony, he's always a guy, you know, who wanted to head coach. You knew he was uh, that, that direction eventually. Uh, the Anthony spot opened up and. He was all over it, and I think by this point he's qualified, but served on a lot of staffs. Smart guy. Appreciate Eric Weaver, head coach out at Chapin High School for their girls' basketball team. Uh, also want to mention one scoring update that's just in right now. It's halftime out between the Midland High School Bulldogs and the Montwood Rams. Get this, Paul, 42-14, uh, the Bulldogs up against the Rams right there. Wow. Just remember, Montwood, uh, replace, again, skill guys. We're replacing Kevin Melendez, you know, the couple-year quarterback. Right. So, you know, there's a, there's a quarterback uh, battle there. And, uh, you know, no more Diego Oaxaca either. So there's, there's another Oaxaca, little brother, what is it? Uh, uh, no, not Miguel. Diego. Diego Oaxaca. Uh, I think broken, broken uh, ankle last year, so missed a lot of time, but should be back on the field this year. But, uh, yeah, when the skill guys are gone, it's, it's so difficult, especially early on. No, I'm totally with you on that. Now it's time to get out to our game of the week. It's Canyoteo versus Pebble Hills. This is our 915 Tours game of the week. And by the way, 915 Tours, a division of Classic Elegance Coaches, is providing the best travel packages from El Paso to the Dallas Cowboys home games. That's right, they're getting ready for the season opener against the Bucks. Packages include round-trip travel, hotel stay in Dallas at the Omni, an ultimate fan experience tailgate, a meet-and-greet with the Dallas Cowboys football player and of course your ticket to watch the Dallas Cowboys. You can visit 915tours.com to learn more. It's Canyon Tio and Pebble Hills and we're joined by uh, Steve Escajeda who will be providing all the scoring updates for this one throughout the night. Steve, give us the latest for this one. This one should be a lot of fun to watch uh, the Spartans do battle against the Eagles. It, it should be, guys, and I'll tell you, it's kind of weird here. I'm one of the first people here in the stadium uh, amid a sea of blue here in front of me at the beautiful blue field at Canafio uh, High School. And uh, you're right, uh, contrasting styles tonight. Uh, first of all, for Pebble Hills, uh, again, for out of 1-6A, uh, finished 6-5 and five last year, again, made it to the uh, by-district ground last year, losing the Midland Legacy. And um, I'll tell you, for Pebble Hills, this is their chance. You know, over the last six years, they've been kind of pedestrian. They've, they've compiled a 30 and 31 record over the last six years, and they're hoping that this is the year they break out and maybe win a district title. They've got a chance, and uh, the biggest chance, uh, the biggest reason they have a chance is their quarterback, Gail Ochoa, uh, again, just a junior, but as a sophomore last year, I mean, he broke out uh, with uh, over 1,600 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, he also led the team in rushing with uh, 1,173 yards, scoring eight touchdowns on the ground. And um, in case you don't really trust me as far as how much Pebble Hills is going to be uh, needing uh, Ochoa tonight, uh, Pebble Hills last year averaged 383 yards on offense as a team. Of those 383, Ochoa was responsible for 252 of those per game. And what does that equate to? 65% of their offense. That's how important he is to this team. And, uh, again, they're going to throw the ball tonight. They have no proven running back uh, coming back. Uh, Jacob Ledesma uh, is their uh, highest returning running back. He only averaged 36 yards a game uh, a year ago. So, again, they're going to have to see if they can get that running game going other than the quarterback. Uh, Ochoa has two very good targets in uh, wide receivers, Jaleel Boast 
28 catches last year for 544 yards. But more importantly, he's a home run hitter, almost 20 yards per catch from a year ago, and he scored seven touchdowns. Uh, the other receiver, Marcus Torres, uh, 37 catches, and he had five scores. As for Kevin Thiel, out of 1-5-A, we have been talking about them over and over, 11-2 and two a year ago, uh, went into the third round of the playoffs. Uh, again, they're, they're a seasoned team, really good. And what do they do? If uh, Pebble Hills realize in the past, kind of feel they, they rely on that one great running back, L.J. Martin, the Stanford recruit last year, 2,737 yards, 29 touchdowns on the ground. Um, in his career, again, he's a senior now, in his career, 24 games at Canadiel, 4,012 yards on the ground, 43 touchdowns. And more, more impressive is in those 24 games, he averages 167 yards a game. And how about this? 9.2 yards every time he carries the football. Um, now, just like Pebble Hills, Canadiel does not have a proving quarterback coming back. We don't know how that passing game is going to be. Um, they've got Jeremiah Knox, who they're going to give the nod to this year. Um, they're hoping he can come through. They only averaged 62 yards uh, passing per game a year ago. Uh, and they do have one target uh, coming back, Lorenzo Ariola. He caught 17 balls for 279 yards and four touchdowns. And so it basically comes down to this, guys. It, it's going to be Pebble Hill's passing attack. I guess kind of the goes running game, and whichever team can do what they do best, that's the team that's going to win tonight's ball game. Great stuff, Steve. Really appreciate it. We'll hear all the coverage for you out at our 915 Tours Game of the Week as tonight continues. We'll be sure to check in with you later on tonight and uh, send us those scores. We're, we're really looking forward to hearing from Canyon Tio Pebble Hills, one of the uh, more premier games. But I think Steve did a great job of breaking that game down, Paul. And just to wrap on it a little bit more, you got the Stanford commit and LJ Martin. You've got somebody in Gaelo Choa who is going to garner those D1 offers soon enough. I just love the showdown here between uh, two teams on paper that have a lot of quality talent. Uh, yeah, and I, and I kind of see these guys as a mirror reflection uh, looking as, as far as like opposites, looking at the offensive side of the football, because you have L.J. Martin, best running back in the city, hands down, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a, an, an all-timer, not just this year, but uh, any year. He's he's in that uh, upper echelon. But the quarterback last year graduated, Devin Granados, well, you know, was kind of a facilitator. He wasn't a real threat. But a lot of Canyon Teal quarterbacks, sometimes the threat, think about the Final Four team, uh, was it Javier Gomez? He was the running threat, much much like the Ochoa kid is for uh, uh, Pebble Hills. Now we're plugging in the, the Knox kid, the junior from JV. They like this kid a lot. What if this kid's a runner? What if he's shifty? What if he's a guy who's tough to bring down, and now you're plugging him into the same backfield with L.J. Martin? So you don't just have L.J. now. you got a little yin and yang action. You could run that zone read to death and drive teams crazy without ever throwing a pass, even though Lo Adiola, a, a, a nice receiver on the other end of Montwood, Gael Ochoa, yeah, he's a junior quarterback now. Hopefully he's a better thrower now, but he's a guy who runs. There was nobody in his backfield. What did Eric Marine run for? Maybe a few hundred yards last year? Right. It was Ochoa. Remember the Eastwood game? Down the field, Ochoa right, Ochoa left. Ochoa into the end zone with seconds left. They needed a two-point conversion. Ochoa runs again. He was the rushing offense. 20, I don't know, 26, 28 touchdowns, maybe just 22. He had a ton. He was the running game. What if somehow, and Joe Ledesma is the name that got thrown out. Remember, remember, he was part of the uh, the the quarterback battle. 
when uh, when uh, Ochoa was a freshman, uh, Ochoa eventually wins it. Ledesma now maybe in the backfield. What if he turns out to be a weapon himself? Now you got Ochoa, who's a weapon unto himself, as the quarterback running between the tackles. What if you have Ledesma back there or another running back that we don't know about yet that's going to break tackles and makes a big plays? That turns them, brings their offense to a totally different level as well. That's why week one is always so fun. Defensively, both teams have some standouts because you look at Bobby Deal on the Pebble Hill side. He racked up 70 tackles last year. You look at linebacker Jesus Carrillo for uh, the, the the Canitio Eagles. He's a standout along with uh, defensive lineman Juan De- uh, Delgado. So defensively, both squads have some nice pieces, especially in their front sevens. Yeah, Chewy Carrillo's their guy. He makes all the tackles probably – uh, well, they played a lot of games last year, of course. Uh, a round of 16, as we already already spoke of. I think 140-ish, 150 tackles. That's a ton. And his little brother at the same time, Eddie Eddie Carrillo, again as a freshman. Yeah, I, I talked to Brooks last week, and he was saying, well, you know, we were scrimmaging Franklin last year, and we threw that Carrillo kid back there because I was asking him, what is a freshman doing out there for your team on a field? And he said, we threw him out there in the scrimmage. And, you know, he started balling, and we said, okay, what the heck? And he started from, you know, game one, five interceptions to lead that team. What is Eddie Carrillo, a freshman who was making an impact last year as a D-back, What's he going to do as a sophomore? Oh, by the way, I hear he's going to get some extra reps on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, gee, what a surprise. I'm sure he'll start making plays there as well. Let's head out to Parkland. The Matadors hosting the El Dorado Aztecs. Coach Jaime Chavez has the action for this one. Go ahead, Jaime. Big matchup in Northeast El Paso as the Parkland Matadors play host to the El Dorado Aztecs. New Parkland head coach Lee McWhorter takes over a talented Matador team led by and including senior wide receiver D.J. Crest, who is committed to Texas Tech University. The 6'4 Crest is arguably the best wideout in the city, and he possesses great speed and leaping ability. The Eldorado DBs will have their hands full uh, tonight with Crest, who caught 11 touchdown passes last year. And also there's running back Isaiah Beasley, who racked up 840 yards rushing and 15 rushing touchdowns, and he can break the long one just like his uh, predecessor, former Parkland star and current UTEP running back Dion Hankins. Beasley will get a lot of uh, help up front from senior lineman Tyrone McDuffie and company. The 6'4 and 295-pound McDuffie is committed to the University of Colorado. And another key component in the Parkland offense, uh, junior quarterback Eric Ortiz. Now, he stepped up late last year, and he helped guide the struggling Matadors into the playoffs. El Dorado, they were 4-7 and seven last year, and they're back into the 6A ranks, and they're led by quarterback Quincy Estrella, who is uh, quite an athlete. He had uh, four rushing touchdowns, or make that 11 rushing touchdowns, and 705 yards rushing on the ground, and Estrella should keep the Parkland defense on its toes, who counter with a pair of uh, all-district linebackers for the Matadors, Michael Kiesel and Juan Gomez. El Dorado also has a pair of solid defenders up front, with uh, linebacker Aiden Torres and tackle Devin Medina. And those two combined for 110 tackles last year. Kickoff in about an hour and 25 minutes at Parkland's Matador Stadium in Northeast El Paso, El Dorado, and Parkland. I can't wait for it. It'll be fun. Thanks so much, Jaime. Again, Jaime Chavez out there at Parkland. He'll be providing us updates throughout the night for how this one goes as far as the scoreboard. Let's head out to another great game tonight. We've got Chapin going up against Coronado. This one taking place out at Austin High School. We're joined by Jeremy Caranco. Jeremy, give us the latest on this one. 
Yeah, Coronado and Chapin from Mari McKee Stadium here at Austin tonight. Opening weekend, high school football is back. It's the seventh all-time meeting between Coronado and Chapin, dating back to 2004. Coronado does hold the advantage in the Series 4-2, but Chapin last year, a 39-7 dominating effort. You know, you look back at both teams last year, it really was night and day. Coronado looking to just turn their program around, 1-9, 1-6 in district play last year. Chapin, storybook season pretty much, 9-3, and three, undefeated in Super 1-5A. They won the district and beating Amarillo Caprock in an exciting by-district round. Adrian, you covered that game, 29-28, so probably the best game of the night we had last year in that by-district round. And, uh, but for me tonight, Coronado, biggest question for me is looking at them. How much more improved are they? You know, you talked about Michael Pry. This is going to be his first year at the helm. Third assistant, interesting note, uh, starting a head coaching gig under the reins of Mark Torres from Pebble Hills. Um, it's going to be a rebuild, Adrian, for sure, from him. But, um, you know, Coronado haven't, haven't had a winning season since 2008. The biggest question mark quarterbacks, Owen Levesky, Blake Randag. We know they'll probably be alternating at that position to start the season. Um, Randag looking to maybe even get, as Paul mentioned, looks at other positions, wide receiver mainly, I think. Um, An all-purpose yard leader from last year, Kay Little. But, guys, this offense struggled mightily last year. They have just simply got to score more. They scored just one win last year. It was just a 14-0 win over Socorro. Outside of that, they scored just seven points or less in eight of their nine losses, scoring just nine touchdowns all year. That has got to be something that this team turns around this year. And averaging 33 points a game, the defense looks to change as well. For Chapin, they look to continue success under third-year head coach Ryan Warner, superstar senior wideout Anthony Rivera is going to be the star of this team this year. And they are back in District 25A where very, it's going to be very competitive with many teams uh, with talent across the board. Rivera leading the team in receiving yards, points scored, touchdowns, and interceptions last year with six. Guys, 20 touchdowns for Anthony Rivera last year. And as I mentioned, only nine for Coronado as a team last year. Uh, this guy can do it on both sides of the ball, but the biggest question for Chapin is the quarterback. They lose their superstar, Mason Standifer. Uh, he graduated and will have two guys looking to fill the role, a uh, sophomore in Evan Rivera and a junior in Aiden Quinn. We'll see what Warner decides to do with those two. Mason Stanifer's brother also comes back. Uh, looks like he'll be a wide receiver, but wouldn't be surprised if he t- uh, gets the handle on a ball and throws it downfield as well. Huskies return leading tackler Nick Perrell, a senior, averaged nine tackles a game last year. Chapin does also lose their leading rusher in Jacob Williamson and leading receiver T- Timothy Pastrin from a year ago. But look to Zachary Ortega this year as a senior. He will have experience and it was fluid uh, behind both guys last year at positions in both wideout and receiver. So, guys, uh, it's an interesting matchup. A lot of question marks for Coronado, and can Chapin continue the success? So we got kickoff in an, an hour and a half from Ari McKee Stadium. It's Coronado and Chapin. Hey, great stuff, Jeremy. Really appreciate the coverage. We're going to check in with you all night. Make sure you follow Jeremy on Twitter as well, at Caronco underscore. He'll have online updates throughout the night as well, uh, and always love following Jeremy. But one of the things that I really liked what Jeremy said, uh, Paul, before we get to our break and before we bring on Brandon the Iceman Cone out at Andrus Eastlake, which is probably your second best game of the night, um, I love the fact that Jeremy brought up the fact that uh, Mark Torres has had three assistant coaches become now head coaches 
coaches. You look at the Darren Walker coaching tree, it seems like everybody in El Paso has uh, you know, coached under him at some degree. It's kind of interesting to see this fraternity of coaches, and of course, Mark Torres came from Darren Walker yeah, at, yeah. at one point. Yeah, you stole the words right out of my mouth, yeah. Two of, the, two of those guys this season, are, uh, we obviously talked about uh, Coach Cano going over to Socorro. Oh, what a task he oh, has. Yeah. So you have a loaded Pebble Hills, young talent, and you say, okay, I'm going to go to Socorro, which recently broke a 55-game when they're on the field losing streak. They beat El Paso High last year. It uh, snapped at the pre- previous season, 2020, some forfeits and stuff. But that is a tough task. Uh, the last time Socorro was successful, I think, was back in the in the 90s. Jim Carson, five straight district titles for Socorro. That's back when there was no Americas, no El Dorado, no East Lake, and Montwood was just barely a thought. So he has an extremely tough task. And uh, as we said, Pry also off that staff, which uh, begs the question as well when we're looking at uh, Pebble Hills this year and what they're able to do. You've taken a lot of uh, experience, a lot of good coaches, coaches other people thought were good enough to run their own teams, and they're not on your staff anymore. You know What does that do to the coaching that the kids on your offense, your defense, and your special teams are getting at Pebble Hills? You know, also that roster with Pebble Hills, you see a lot of turnover. It's no fault to the the coaching staff at all. It's just it's where they're at. They're, they're far east El Paso. Sometimes they get that military uh, you know family out there who ends up leaving. I mean they've had they've had a, they don't have that continuity on their roster like they would like to, and that's that's no fault to them. It's just the you know fact of the matter. Yeah, I don't think there's any crying for them. I think they're probably in the primo spot in the city as far as growth, and I think sure. their numbers are going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And I think they're just praying that six A doesn't go to seven A, and they could just <laughs> load that thing up. I remember back in the day, you know, when I was going to school, I think Eastwood was uh, you know close to four thousand kids at one point. So, wow. and now we're talking about a bunch of kids. Well, yeah, that's when Hanks was being formed as well. So, which uh, they eventually split off. But uh, yeah, you're looking at. 3,000, 4,000 back then as opposed to we think a school is big if they're, you know, 2,800 these days. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll join Brandon the Iceman Cone. We'll wrap up our pregame show for Football Friday Night. It's presented by the El Paso Association of Builders. We'll be right back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. It's the final segment of Football Friday Night. Before we head out to Oklahoma City and welcome Tim Haggerty, voice of the El Paso Chihuahuas, as El Paso takes on OKC tonight. Following the Chihuahuas baseball broadcast, we'll be back in action. It is Football Friday Night right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. You'll hear from Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon, myself, along with all our reporters scattered out uh, throughout the uh, city of El Paso. Uh, we will head out to Brandy the Iceman Cone in just a second, but first, I want to run down our Friday coverage here locally. Uh, our 915 Tours game of the week, Pebble Hills at Kenyatillo. Steve Escajeda will have the coverage for that one. Eastlake doing battle against Andrus. Brandy the Iceman Cone will have this one. Uh, Coach Jaime Chavez will be out of Parkland as the Matadors host the El Dorado Aztecs. Uh, out in Las Cruces, Centennial. It's Bill Kuhn will provide the coverage between Centennial and Franklin. Should be a great game. Isleta going up against Riverside. Joe Rod will have the coverage of this one. And then Jeremy me Karanko reporting live out at Austin High School. The uh, Chapin Huskies playing host to the Coronado Thunderbirds. Uh, Del Valle will be hosting Burgess. Jer- uh, Jer- J.D. Sursley will have the coverage of this one. Joey Panisi will have the action out at Mountain View as they'll host Alpine tonight. Irvin going up against Bel Air. Russ Bannister on the call for this one. And then one of our newest reporters, David Guest, on the call for Bowie. Uh, hosting Hanks, and that one coming up all later tonight. 7 o'clock kickoff for most of these games. And again, 
again, we'll have the recaps for you following the Chihuahuas baseball coverage right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Out to the phones right now. We'll go and join Brandon the Iceman Cone. It is Eastlake going up against Andrus. Brandon? Thank you very much, Adrian. Certainly a very exciting game at the sack, the second game of the doubleheader, Eastlake and Andrus. We'll start with the Andrus Golden Eagles, led by returning quarterback Elias Duncan, over 1,500 yards through the air, 15 uh, passing touchdowns, 611 rushing yards, eight rushing TDs, a stellar 2021 season. Also, Malcolm Anderson, their star running back, finished very strong last year, had 874 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. Led, of course, by second-year head coach Chris Taylor, 9-3 and three in his debut last year, beating Isleta in the bi-district playoffs, losing to Wichita Falls Rider in the area round. This is a team that is historically loaded at wide receivers offensively. Malcolm Anderson, over 25 complete touchdowns, also a great receiving running back. Sean Owens and his brother Isaiah Owens will be the twins there at the wideout position. Check this out. We have 12 returning starters, including eight on offense. They need just 23 more wins for 400 in program history. If that isn't a great feat, I don't know what is, my friend. And, of course, they've only missed the playoffs once since the 2002 season. A brutal non-district schedule for Andrus. They wouldn't have it any other way, featuring the likes of, of course, Eastlake, Franklin, Del Valle, Horizon, and defensively, several starters returning, Jaden Patton Carter, he had 62 tackles, five sacks. Andrew Cabral, also Eric Romero, just to name a few. On the other side, the Eastlake Falcons, this is a team under third-year coach Ruben Rodriguez, overall 22-8 and record as their head coach, three of six starters returning on defense. The big question is going to be for them, how are they going to be on the offensive side of the ball? We will find out tonight who they're going to start at quarterback, either Luke Lamelli or Seth Franco. We'll get you that information as soon as we have it. This was a 10-2 and team last year. They lost to San Angelo Central in the bi-district playoff. But I guess I noted their offense going to be a huge question mark, although they have a great offensive line lead led by multi-year starters, Matthew Olivas, Jonathan Herber, and Fernando Diaz. Defense is going to be their strong point. Linebacker Caleb Emery, almost 100 tackles, nine sacks. Hector Hinojos, the linebacker, 176 tackles last year on DB. Um, Uribe, who had 73 tackles. Going to be a good one at the sack. Should be kickoff around 7.30 after the first contest. Looking forward to it, my friend. Oh, me too, Brandon. Great stuff, and we'll hear you uh, later on tonight as we get ready for Football Friday Night. Great job by Brandon the Iceman Cone there, wrapping things up for us. Hey, uh, Paul, I want to run down some of those scores, I mean, some of those games that are out of town as well. Read my mind. How about that South Lake Carroll Eastwood game? I'm looking forward to that one, but man, that's a tough, tough task for the Troopers going up against one of the state's best teams in the Dragons. Yeah, we're talking about a team that was in the finals two years ago. Last year, they went down in the semis, uh, kind of what Clint did. They were uh, going to get up against a semifinal qualifier and Hershey last night. South Lake Carroll is tough. And uh, I think what might be the toughest part is Eastwood run defense has always been the most suspect. And uh, all these guys have is like the the top active rusher in the city. What's his name? Owen James, yeah. uh, the, the the top six A rusher in the state of Texas. Uh, just think, what did uh, Elijah Uribe do to Eastwood last year? Was it forty eight carries, more than three hundred yards, seven touchdowns on the ground, another one through the air, eight? As Eastlake was able to beat the Eastwood Troopers, Eastwood's going to have to be able to stop the run. It's a new season. But if they're not able to stop the run against South Lake Carroll, 
they're in a mess. Remember, Eastwood replacing their uh, uh, record-setting quarterback, Andrew Martinez, graduated more yardage in a single season than any other uh, El Pasoan, 4,000. What, 89, I want to say, beat A.J. Briggs's old record by uh, 12 yards. So he's gone. They're plugging in a new quarterback, a kid they like, the Minhadis kid. His brother, uh, Bobby uh, Minhadis, uh, a 1,000-yard receiver a couple of years in, in a row for Eastwood. So a lot of hope for him. And uh, three of the receivers coming back, including Curtis Maria, only the second guy in El Paso history to catch uh, 100 balls in a season. He did that uh, last year, of course, tops all-time. Matt Jones, 115 catches. Back in 2019, by district, he got 24 all by himself. That's still the Texas uh, public school record. Amazing right there. Two other games out of town. Socorro up against Lubbock. Uh, that's on the road. Um, and then Austin going up against Fort Stockton on the road. All of these three games will kick off at 6 o'clock. Uh, we mentioned the Franklin uh, and Centennial game. That one kicking off at 7 o'clock instead of the 6. Uh, and then I just want to mention one more thing. In El Paso, we've gotten so much better uh, as far as getting division uh, talent here going to the Division One level. We mentioned Canyon Teo standout LJ Martin. He's heading off to Stanford. Parkland's Tyrone McDuffie III is heading off to the University of Colorado. DJ Chris Daniel also with uh, Parkland. He's heading off to Texas Tech after this year. You've got Austin running back and linebacker Jaden Wilson, who is uh, committed to the University of New Mexico. And by the way, he can play on both those sides of the ball. He can play running back or linebacker, wherever they want him to. Andrus's Malcolm Anderson has already committed to Army. That's a significant one as well. He's kind of your do-it-all athlete for the Golden Eagles. And then you look at Riverside standout. We mentioned him earlier. Angel Speedy Munoz. He has received multiple offers from the likes of Army and Navy. Didn't get a chance to talk too much about Franklin Jr. Shea Smith, who primarily played on the linebacker position last year, played quarterback in 2020. He has offers from the likes of Texas Tech and UTEP. Uh, Shea Smith, son of uh, legendary UTEP running back Paul Smith, is somebody who uh, I'm definitely looking at this season, Paul. Um, he, he could be a standout with the Cougars. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be seeing him. As you said, he played uh, some some quarterbacks as a freshman when uh, when uh, Cameron Bird was was out. As a, a lot of that team was COVID twenty twenty. What a crazy year! But uh, if you didn't mention it, he's plugged back into the quarterback position this year. Right. I don't know what kind of a thrower he is, but we know he's a heck of an athlete. And that in uh, that offense, a heck of an athlete, a quarterback can uh, really thrive. And that will pretty much do it for us here on our Football Friday Night pregame show. Again, it's brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Really looking forward to our 915 Tours game of the week between Canyoteo and Pebble Hills. Uh, our local scoreboard, you just heard it, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. And we talked a little bit about those out-of-town games. And that's all brought to you uh, by Longhorn Distributing. Want to men- mention that you could visit 600ESPNElPaso.com. We'll have live r- uh, scoring updates. All you have to do is check out the Football Friday Night is back post and you could check out the scoring updates in real time also visit our 600 espn el paso twitter page we'll be retweeting uh you know a lot of photos and uh, of course updates by all our reporters across town and thanks to prep one for giving us photos that you'll be seeing up on our website as well uh want to also mention to stick around after the chihuahuas baseball broadcast you'll be hearing from us and we'll bring you all the different uh recaps across the city of el paso we'll also award our 
Senior Player of the Game presented by the Greater El Paso Football Showcase and our Top Athlete of the Night brought to you by Taco Avocat. All of that coming up right here. It's Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso with Paul McKinnon, Bo Bagley calling the action following the Chihuahuas broadcast. That'll do it for us here on the pregame show. Thank you so much for everybody who tuned in and can't wait for some exciting Chihuahuas baseball as we get ready uh, for some uh, AAA action coming up at the top of the hour with Tim Haggerty. For Paul McKinnon, Angel Munoz, I'm Adrian Bradas saying so long. We'll be back right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. That's right. Football is here week one, and we're ready to go through all the scores and update you on the high school football week one action all over the borderland. I'm Bo Bagley alongside Paul McKinnon and Adrian Broadus and all of our batch of reporters out all around town. We got high school football coverage all night long, and here we go. Starting off with our 6A scores. Boy, a tough one for the Montwood Rams earlier today at the sack. Midland tops Montwood 56-28. That was a 4 p.m. kickoff. And our game of the week, Pebble Hills all over Canateo at Lowenberg Stadium. 21-0 right now in the second half. Also in the second half, Coronado topping Chapin right now, 31-20. Centennial Hawks, number two ranked team in the state of New Mexico, all over the Franklin Cougars, 35-14. Also 6A, the El Dorado Aztecs trailing the Parkland Matadors, 27-14 in the second half. And then the East Lake Falcons in a shootout. Late night at the sack, 6 nothing over the Andrus Eagles. Adrian Broadus, what do you got on 5A? I got uh, Hanks up on Bowie, 21-7. to The Riverside Rangers, this is actually going to the 4A, but uh, they lead Ysleta, 49-24. to I also have this one with uh, Fabens and Chaparral. Uh, Fabens up 19-6. to Jefferson leads the Horizon Scorpions, 14-13. to uh, And then uh, I also have Del Valle leading Burgess, 56 to nothing. We can't forget those 6A out-of-town scores. Boy, the Eastwood Troopers. you got to credit the Troopers for going on the road and taking on some of the state's best. Eastwood traveling to South Lake Carroll. They fall 66-14. Really tough game for the Eastwood Troopers against the South Lake Carroll Dragons. Also in 6A, Lubbock High all over the Socorro Bulldogs. 41 to 8 the final. Now in 4A, we have Fabens over Chaparral at halftime, 19 to 6. Hershey all over the Clint Lions, 48 to 7. That's a final. Austin over Fort Stockton right now in the second half, 16 to 15. You got Jefferson Horizon we're talking about, 14-13 Jeff over Horizon. Also Isleta and Riverside, a fun one down at Riverfront Stadium to open up the season. Battle of the Lower Valley Rivals, Riverside all over Isleta, 49-24 at half. Let's head out to Canateo's Lowenberg Stadium. And Steve Escajeda for an update on our game of the week between Pebble Hills and Canateo. Steve. Pebble Hills, they lead. We've got 9.03 left to go in the fourth quarter. And it's been all Pebble Hills out here at Canateo. 23 to nothing. Pebble Hills all over the Eagles. Uh, scoring early and often in that first quarter. 
And uh, again, uh, just uh, limiting kind of Peel's high-powered offense, you would think, to 122 total yards. And uh, I guess the biggest surprise of the night is uh, star running back L.J. Martin, uh, 14 carries on the night, 57 yards, and that's it. Uh, that's a little over four yards a carry. He's uh, spent his first three years at Kennel Field averaging over nine yards uh, per uh, rush. So, again, the uh, going a little tough tonight for Kennel Field. Pebble Hills, they've been led by Zarian Quarles, a running back. Only 38 yards on the night, but he has scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, quarterback Gail Ochoa, six out of 13 through the year for 110 yards. He has one touchdown and one interception. And their big play receiver, uh, Jaleel Bose, only two catches on the, uh, on the night, but those two were for 111 yards and one 62-yard touchdown. So here at Cuddle Beal, we've got 754 in the ballgame. It's been all Pebble Hills. They need it 23 to nothing. All right, Steve, thank you very much. Our game of the week brought to you by 915 Tours. Right now, Pebble Hills leading... Canateo, 23-0 in the fourth. Paul is bringing in here a bit surprising to start the season. Lowenberg Stadium, Canateo Eagles at home, and so far getting shut out by what some might argue is maybe the best team in El Paso. Yeah, I think that's a good call. A lot of young talent, a lot of, a lot of juniors on his team, but a lot of them are guys, especially the quarterback, Guy Ocho, a guy who's been the, the QB since a freshman. Same with the guy we just heard of, Jaleel Bost. Only two catches for 116 yards or whatever it was. So a lot of young talent, and they're all growing up together at the same time. You know for sure the next year these guys are going to be heck on wheels, but it looks like uh, they might have arrived uh, a year early. Saw the, saw the scrimmage with uh, Odessa Permian. Looked like they got run over a little bit uh, defensively, but I think they might have been um, matching matching a little bit, maybe not uh, first-teamers all the way, and and uh, they're bringing it tonight uh, all over Candy Teal, a team that could just run the ball right at you. Remember, these are pretty much the, uh, the pretty much the same team that went all the way to the round of 16 in uh, 5A Division II last year, and Pebble Hills has really just handled them. Absolutely. 23-0 Pebble Hills over Kennetio in the fourth quarter. Thank you to Steve Escajeda for that report from Lowenberg Stadium. Let's head out to Austin's Ari McKee Stadium and join Jeremy Caranco for an update on the Chapin Huskies hosting the Coronado T-Birds. Jeremy. 8.06 left to go here in the fourth quarter, and it is a surprising score right now. Coronado leads Chapin 34-20. With 8.06 left to go in the fourth quarter, it's been Blake Randag. Four touchdown night, started the game off with a 52-yard pick six that really gave the momentum to Coronado right away. He turns it around, 30-yard rushing touchdown at the 150 mark, end of the first quarter, 14-0 Coronado. And right now, Randag adds two more touchdowns in the second half, a 52-yard TD catch from Owen Levesky, and he also ran a 20-yard blocked field goal off teammate's Owen Levesky, the quarterback, he kicks it as well. He gets a block, and Blake Randag runs it in for 20 yards. It's been his night. And Mike Pry, first-year head coach at Coronado, coming off a 1-9 season. They are shocking Chapin right now. Leading the way for the Huskies is Evan Rivera, who gets to start over Aiden Quinn at the quarterback position. 213 yards, two touchdowns. Hunter Standifer, the brother from Mason Standifer last year, he has a touchdown over 30 yards. And Savion Jordan for the Huskies, 111 yards and a touchdown. But they trail by 14 points, eight minutes left to go. An upset brewing here at Austin's R.M. McKee Stadium. It is Coronado leading Chapin 34-20 to with 746 left to go in the fourth quarter. 
Jeremy, thank you very much for that report. Wow, the Coronado Thunderbirds coming out of nowhere. New head coach, as Jeremy just said, Mike Pry coming over from Franklin High School, maybe bringing a, a little bit of swagger from the Cougars program over in the T-Birds. They really needed it the last couple of years. Adrian, your thoughts on Mike Pry and this kind of shocker in week one? Yeah, Mike Pry, when he joined us on Sports Talk a couple months ago and took this job initially, he talked about kind of bringing the life back with the Coronado football program, and I think that's what he did. You know, he, he recruited a lot of really good players out there. They're I'm not necessarily going to go out on a limb and say they're going to contend for a district title in year one, but this is a rebuild, and, and I really like what Mike Pry has done early on in this game. I mean, what a, what a shock against Chapin, who won a district title last year. And we talked about it in the pregame, Adrian. We uh, said it's you know it's not the X's and O's, and it's the Jimmy and Joe's, no matter who the coach is. The same Jimmy and Joe's from last year's miserable, uh, what, 1-9 team were coming back. But one of those miserables, uh, Blake Randag, holy smokes what a game he's had, opened it with, the, what was it, the 52-yard pick six return. He's got uh, three touchdown runs, caught a touchdown pass. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what uh, we're calling the uh, player of the, of the week or Player of the Night Award, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know who's going to get the first one. Well, it, it's sponsored by Taco Avocat, but we might, might limit <laughs> some of the some of the flautas he might have after this one, especially yeah. Mike Prima. But it, exciting uh, uh, start nonetheless for the Coronado T-Birds. 34-20 in the fourth quarter, Coronado over Chapin. Let's head out to Centennial in the Field of Dreams up in the Land of Enchantment. The Centennial Hawks hosting the Franklin Cougars, the defending district champs. Let's head out to Bill Kuhn at the Field of Dreams for an update on Centennial and Franklin. Bill. 50 seconds left in the third quarter. It is Centennial 42, Franklin 14. It's all been Centennial game tonight. Centennial uh, finished the first half with uh, 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 295 yards of offense, 156 yards by Micah Gutierrez, four touchdowns, nine yards of carry from Micah Gutierrez on Centennial. Uh, quarterback David Hernandez has got four carries for 79 yards. They carried the bulk of the team coming down the field. Franklin, that issue has been 10 penalties in the first half. Uh, Jordan Morales has got 59 yards rushing. Bo Sparks, only big play he had was a 37-yard uh, pass. Uh, it's, it's all Centennial here. We've got even the defense getting into the uh, uh, game with Centennial as a strip ball comes back for Osiris Jordan to score for Mayfield. Uh, Not for Mayfield, for Centennial. One of the big things here in New Mexico is the mercy rule. If the point spread is more than 35 points, clock does not stop, and we're close in getting to that. If it's 50-point difference, then the game is called off. So with starting of the fourth quarter now, it is Centennial 42, Franklin 14. And, and Bo, remember, I mean, uh, disappointing uh, debut for Franklin, obviously. Uh, Adrian and I were talking about it earlier. They have, they have six freshmen on their varsity roster. They're listed on their varsity roster, and some of them are like uh, part of that, that Powers clan. So you know it's guys who are going to be good, and I'm sure they, they respect and uh, like them all in the future. But, I mean, it smacks of desperation a little bit. At the same time, let's not forget who Centennial is. What did they do last week? Three-point win over the New Mexico State champs, Rio Rancho Cleveland. Uh, seems like these guys uh, are for real. After, uh, after a good last season where they swept 
the Cruz's teams, of course, until the playoffs, and then Cruz has uh, paid them back. I think they're still angry about that one. Absolutely. Centennial Hawks leading the Franklin Cougars 42-14. We have a final out in 4A, the Fort Stockton shocking Austin Panthers 18-16. So wow. that's a final, Fort Stockton over Austin 18-16. And remember, Fort Stockton is in uh, an El Paso district this year, 4A Division II. They're uh, fighting it out with the likes of Clint and uh, Mountain View and Fabin. So, uh, you know, they're going to be formidable. A good win over what's been a good Austin team for about the last five or six years. Absolutely. Hey, let's head out to the late game over at the Student Activities Complex and join the East Lake Falcons and Andrus Eagles. Brandon Cohn with the update from the SAC. Brandon, take it away. 235 remaining third quarter, and Andrus has taken a 7-6 to six lead over Eastlake. Eastlake had a 6 to nothing lead at the half in this low-scoring affair. At the 254 mark of the third quarter, Andrus was driving. They get down to the 3. They end up going for it on fourth and goal. It's no good. But then Eastlake gets the pass interference penalty in the end zone to give them the first and goal. The next play, Andrews quarterback Duncan calls his own number and scores on the keeper with a two-yard keeper. The all-important PAT is good, making the score Andrews 7-6 to six over Eastlake. Worth mentioning in the first half, not much going on overall. Each team, though, with a big turnover, a fumble for Andrews and an interception for Eastlake. And as I noted, it was interesting because if you think about the one-point differential right now, Eastlake ends up on their first drive. They end up scoring. It was actually an 11-yard keeper by their quarterback, Lomelli. But they ended up bobbling the extra point attempt, and then they try and go for two, and it's no good. So we have a great game here at the sack. 235 remaining. Andrews 7, Eastlake 6. And, Bo, this just in from Horizon. Remember, the Scorpions got out to a 13 nothing lead, but it's been Jeff ever since. Uh, Ramon, uh, Ramon Go- uh, Gomez uh, plugged in a quarterback, didn't start there. He's an athlete, and they put him in there, and it's paid off a 60-yard run, got him ahead 14-13. Gomez just now another 65 yards on a quarterback keep. Jeff up on Horizon, 21-13, that with 10 minutes left to play in that contest. All right, Jefferson Silver Fox is looking good over the Horizon Scorpions. Hey, what a game we have out at Parkland's Matador Stadium. Now, the Parkland Matadors took a 27-14 lead over the El Dorado Aztecs, but oh, here comes El Dorado. Let's go out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, with an update on Parkland and El Dorado. Coach. 9-27, that's in the fourth quarter at Matador Stadium. It is El Dorado, 28 and Parkland 27. Let's get you the, the scoring update uh, for El Dorado. Quincy Estrada, a pair of touchdown passes, 30-yard touchdown pass to Ryan Estrada, and a 22-yard touchdown pass to Devin, uh, Devin Lopez. And Ryan Estrada has really come on strong running uh, this half. He's got two touchdown runs, a, a, a yard and 50 yards. And right now, he just uh, he's taking the ball with... Uh, El Dorado taking taking over on downs and getting into uh, midfield at this point with the clock running at uh, nine twelve left in the fourth quarter, and the scoring for Parkland. Eric Ortiz fired two touchdown passes: a forty-seven yard touchdown pass to GJ Crest, a thirteen yard touchdown pass to Alejandro Lopez, and uh, also two touchdown runs by Anthony Carrillo of twenty-two and two yards. Otherwise, we'd have a tie ball game, but after Crest's uh, touchdown uh, touchdown catch, uh, the extra point failed, and it was a bad snap, and uh, the kicker for Parkland 
Adrian Moya never really was able to get the ball into the uh, uprights. So we've got quite a matchup here with uh, 8.33 left in the fourth quarter in Northeast El Paso at Matador Stadium. It's El Dorado 28 and Parkland 27. Oh, fantastic game there. Thank you, Coach. What a game for the El Dorado Aztecs coming back two straight touchdowns over the Parkland Matadors. Hey, a great game between the Isleta Indians and the Riverside Rangers, former district rivals now opposing uh, opposing levels at 5A and 4A, but the Riverside Rangers, boy, they played well last year coming back this year. Let's head out to Joe Rodriguez and uh, get an update from Riverfront Stadium. Joe, take it away. 128 left in the third quarter, and it is all Riverside here on uh, the season opening home game for them, leading the Isleta Indians by the score of 49-24. to 24. Uh, Riverside just tattooed on a field goal from uh, 26 yards out, but there was on a flag. So it's up to Gary Recorder what he wants to do if he wants to decline the penalty and make the uh, field goal good or uh, try and go for it. Uh, inside the red zone. What story do I have for you guys here? Well, it's all been Riverside in the entire first half. The big news to come out of the first half is that star player Angel Munoz for the Riverside Rangers was disqualified halfway through uh, the second quarter uh, for the Riverside Rangers. A gutsy performance by Isleta, who was able to score four touchdowns, four missed extra point and two-point conversion opportunities on all four of those tries for Isleta, but they did try to at least make this one competitive so far in the third quarter. There has been no score of both offenses starting a little bit sluggish. So with 128 to go in the third quarter, it is Riverside leading Isleta by the score of 49-24. to And Bo from that crazy Jeff Horizon game. Horizon counters back a long touchdown pass. Two-point conversion, uh, that does not go, and... Uh... Still holding on, Jeff. Jeff still holding on. Twenty-one nineteen. Got to be about eight minutes left in that contest, but uh, it's a good one out at uh, what is that Emperor Stadium? That's right, the Horizon Scorpions Emperor Stadium hosting the Jefferson Silver Foxes. So late in the fourth quarter, Jefferson holding on to a slim lead, twenty-one nineteen. Hey, the Hanks Knights having a tough season along last year, along with the Bowie Bears. Hanks at Bowie this year. New reporter David Guest out at Bowie's Beatty Semang Stadium with an update on the Hanks. Hanks, Knights, and the Bowie Bears. David, take it away. Yeah, 517 left in the fourth quarter. Hanks just went up 40-7 to seven on, a, uh, on a three-yard touchdown score to wide receiver Abram Acosta. Hanks has controlled this one, uh, going up 21-0 to in the first half. Three fumbles from the Bowie Bears. Hanks capitalized, uh, going up 21-0. to Touchdown scores. Uh, a 40-yard screen pass for Dominic Casillas got the scoring started for Hanks. Uh, Second touchdown scored by Hanks, Eric Folkadol, a 70-yard pump-and-go bomb. Xavier Johnson on the night, nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns for Hanks. Again, we're here in the fourth quarter, 5.17 to go. Hanks leads the Bowie Bears 40-7. All right, David, thank you so much, and welcome to Football Friday Night. The Hanks Knights all over the Bowie Bears at Beatty Semang Stadium. Nice job by the Hanks Knights so far late in the fourth quarter. Let's head out to Bel Air's Highlanders Stadium and join Russ Bannister, Bel Air hosting Irvin. Russ, it looks like this one is the way you want to start out a season if you're a Bel Air Highlander. Russ, take it away. We have nine minutes and five seconds remaining in regulation time. Uh, the score is 49 
Bel Air and 14, uh, Irvin. Really, for Bel Air, offensively, it's been the uh, Matt Martinez uh, show. So far, he's got uh, 17 carries, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Bill Air has dominated uh, the offensive, uh, the defensive line of scrimmage, really uh, hampered Irvin um, to this point. So we've got uh, eight minutes and 58 seconds remaining. The score is Bel Air 49 and Irvin 14. All right, Russ, thank you so much. Boy, if you're a Bel Air Highlander, Adrian, this is the way you want to start out a season. 49-7 so far in the fourth quarter over the Irvin Rockets at home. Really helps to do a nice job at propelling you into the season, a way to start. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised looking at this score. I, I expected a lot closer of a game with uh, Joe Arias' staff and uh, the Irvin Rockets, but nonetheless, the Bel Air Highlanders under Coach Eric Scoggin, they want to come out in a fiery way, and what a, what a statement victory that they're uh, looking to cruise to. So, yeah, big win for Bel Air to start the season. Absolutely. And Irvin always so uh, reliant on uh, three-year starting quarterback uh, John Knutson and, of course, graduated last year, plugging in a new kid, a uh, kid up from JV. you got a couple of skilled guys there, Isaac Guerrero uh, for one, and then the Chidas kid. But uh, without the guy to get him the ball, it's problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Irvin having some struggles right now at Bel Air. Is Bel Air up big? We'll get a final from Russ Bannister in just a little bit. Let's head out to Dovai's Conquest Stadium. Dovai hosting Burgess, a really fun game to start the season uh, on paper. But, boy, this one is all Dovai. J.D. Sursley. J.D., take it away. Yeah, Dovai is about to run out the clock. It is 56-0. I mean, Jesse Ramos looked like Air McNair in the first half. Uh, he ended up with 280 yards with four touchdowns. Juan Archuleta on the ground with a little over 105 yards with three touchdowns. Uh, Eli Molina, got to give him credit, three touchdowns catching him and Ramos together. He got the hat trick. Um, yeah, conquistadors all the way the whole time. Dovai 56, Burgess 0. All right, J.D., thank you so much. Looks like that one's going to go to a final. Uh, Delvai, a huge win to start the season over the Burgess Mustangs. And we also have a final out at Mountain View's Lobo Stadium. Lobo's hosting Alpine to start the year. Let's go to Joey Panisi for a final from Lobo Stadium. Joey. Yes, from Mountain View Stadium, it's official. Game is over. Final score, Mountain View 40. The Alpine fighting Bucks 13. Uh, we were all joyously awaiting the the uh, introduction of DJ Check um, being the fantastic quarterback that he was. Well, he didn't disappoint. He spread out his offense, and his quarterback came up with 421 yards. Alex Dominguez, he tossed for five touchdowns. What a night he had in the memory of his old coach. Uh, he had strikes to Gilbert Gamboa, 60 yards, Diego Gonzalez, 77 yards, 25 yards, Alan Valenzuela, 20 yards, and Hansel Hernandez, 29 yards. And then to cap things off for Dominguez, he, in with one minute left in the fourth quarter, he put the game away with a four-yard touchdown quarterback sneak. Um, Alpine just couldn't get much going. They had a couple of touchdowns. Trey Irvin connected to Aiden Garcia with a 45-yard pass touchdown, and Moises Riggins scored from eight yards out. So um, next week... Alpine hosts Fort Stockton, and Mountain View will play Cathedral at El Paso High. So we have a final for Mountain View. Final score, Mountain View 40, 
Alpine 13. All right. All right, Joey, thank you so much for that update. A final Mountain View, 40-13 to 13 over the Alpine, over Alpine to start the season. Hey, we're going to take a break, come back with a final from our 915 Tours Game of the Week. We'll have an update from Steve Escajeda, plus all your scores from all over the, the borderland at high school football. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. The Oscar Arieta Agency wishes the UTEP football team a successful season. Here's a special message from Oscar Arieta. On behalf of our agency, we want to wish the Miners a great season. Stop by our booth on game day at the Sun Bowl to register for some amazing prices. Go online to riseup915.com to enter for some giveaways. Let's rise up, El Paso, and go Miners! The Oscar Arieta Agency, the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Ah, thinking about gas mileage? If your check engine light is on, it may be affecting your MPGs. But the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help. With the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes, you'll know what's affecting your gas mileage and more. And you don't have to drive too far to find the fix. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service is available at all 6,200 stores. Get in zone, AutoZone. See details at AutoZone.com. The biannual blowout is just a week away, and we've got a lot of work to do. Keenan's Rug Emporium is rolling out a Labor Day bonanza. He needs 10 new sales associates as the crowd loom large. Can someone run a stock check on all the Moroccan 8x10s? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, week one, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. An exciting update from the Student Activities Complex over on the east side, the late game between the Andrus Eagles and the East Lake Falcons. Let's head out to Brandon Cohn for an update from the sack. Brandon. Oh, okay, we're going to get to Brandon in just a moment. Phone went dead. Hey, it's week one. We have some problems here and there, but it happens. Uh, one update from uh, Old New Mexico. Franklin putting up a little fight left. Uh, your buddy, Bo Sparks, 39-yard touchdown reception. They uh, cut the deficit uh, literal, literally in half. Uh, what is it, 42-21 42-21 now. So the Centennial Hawks lead the Franklin Cougars in the fourth quarter. Hey, Bo knows. Bo Sparks really a, a gem coming back for, for Darren Walker and the Franklin Cougars uh, coming back from a, a fantastic junior season. Seven twenty two left in that contest, so uh, I'm not sure not enough time for those Cougars. Absolutely. We'll get some uh, final scores from you all around town. The Lubbock, Lubbock defeats Socorro 41-8. 
Southlake Carroll, <coughs> excuse me, Southlake Carroll defeats Eastwood 66-14. Midland all over Montwood 56-28. In our Pebble Hills, Canateo 915 Tours Game of the Week. Pebble Hills all over Canateo 23-0. We'll head out there in just a moment. Let's head out to the SAC and join Brandon Cohn for an update on Andrus and Eastlake. Brandon. 10-15 remaining in this contest, and Eastlake has regained the lead 14-7 to over Andrus at the 27-second mark of the third quarter. Eastlake drives all the way down the field, puts the cherry on top as running back Julius Acosta scores on a three-yard touchdown. They end up going for two and convert on a razzle-dazzle shtick play as Adrian Lopez catches a wide receiver pass by Ortega as he completes the pass, gets the reception to complete that two-point play to make it 14-7. to We have 9.52 and counting in this contest. It's a good one at the sack in Far East El Paso. Eastlake 14-7 to over Andrus. All right, Brandon, thank you very much. So Eastlake getting a touchdown and a two-point conversion to take a, a touchdown lead over the Andrus Eagles. So, Brandon, thank you very much for that report from the sack. Let's head out to Canateo's Lowenberg Stadium in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. Pebble Hills and Canateo, we have a final. Let's go out to Steve Escajeda for the final. Steve. This one was a lot more lopsided than we thought it might be, guys. Final score right here at Canateo, Pebble Hills 23 Canateo Eagles, nothing. And uh, I'll tell you, Pebble Hills uh, kind of shut out of a cannon there in the first quarter with Gail Ochoa hitting uh, Jaleel Bose with a 62-yard touchdown uh, pass. Things kind of got quiet from there. Nobody could do much of anything. And uh, in the second half, a couple of touchdown runs uh, for uh, Pebble Hills kind of put the game away. Canateo just couldn't get anything going on offense all night long. Uh, Pebble Hills, uh, they were led by their running back, uh, Zarian uh, Quarles. 13 carries, 38 yards on the night. Not a whole bunch of yards, but he did score two second-half touchdowns. Uh, quarterback, uh, Gail Ochoa, 6 out of 13 through the air, 110 yards. He had one touchdown and one pick. And their home run hitting uh, wide receiver, uh, Boost, we're talking about, Jaleel Boost, two catches, 111 yards on that 62-yard touchdown. Marcus Torres had three catches. For 42 yards. For Kevin Thiel, again, we said before the ball game, it all depended whether uh, Pebble Hills could throw better or Kevin Thiel could run better. And uh, I'll tell you what, Kevin Thiel could not run the football tonight. LJ Martin averaged 100, uh, 210 yards per ball game last year. Tonight, 16 carries, just 61 yards. And uh, I'll tell you, after his first three carries, he had 45 yards. Started off great. His last 13 carries, 16 yards on the ground total. Uh, quarterback Jeremiah Knox, 7 out of 12 for 39 yards. That was pretty much it for Kevin Field. Team-wise, uh, 236 total yards for Pebble Hills, uh, 180 of those uh, through the air. For Kevin Field, 148 total yards and only 109 yards on the ground. Uh, so, again, uh, a little bit of a surprise tonight in, in the lopsidedness of the score. But again, Pebble Hills, that defense just controlling things from the get-go. Final score, Pebble Hills 23, Canyon Teo nothing.
Um, Bo, Paul, I, I, you know, this is one of those games. It's a statement victory for the Pebble Hills Spartans. Uh, I look at Gael Ochoa, and he's a bona fide Division One prospect. He's supposed to be getting some offers here and there from uh, the likes of different schools here in the in the area. Uh, really impressed with how they started. But the story is not their offense. It's their defense and how they were able to clamp down that front seven look great when I was out there earlier today. Uh, I was very impressed with Bobby Deal, their linebacker, who was just a standout. I, I, they, they stopped Kenny T in the first have two separate times when they they entered uh, Spartans territory and that's a sign of a tough defense so in the trenches you got to give uh, Pebble Hills a ton of credit for stopping the Canadian Eagles tonight statement win for the Pebble Hill Spartans. Absolutely. What a way to start the season in Canateo. Uh, what a great stat there from Steve Escajeda. 13, uh, the last 13 carries for LJ Martin, just 16 yards. Mm. Wow. Uh, for the, the Stanford, uh, or I should say, yeah, Stanford commit. Right. Uh, running back LJ Martin from Canateo. So thank you, Steve. 23 nothing Pebble Hills over Canateo. We also have a final at Austin's Uri McKee Stadium. The Chapin Huskies and Coronado T-Birds going at it. Let's get the final from Jeremy Caranco. Jeremy, take it away. Final from Austin's Ari McKee Stadium, Coronado 34, Chapin 20. The Mike Pry era opens up with a shocking upset over Chapin. And the star on the night, Blake Randag. Four total touchdowns, opening the game up, really shocking the Huskies with a 52-yard interception return touchdown at the 10:05 mark, opening the game up off of Evan, Rive- Evan Rivera. He also, Blake Randag, 30-yard rushing touchdown, a 20-yard rushing touchdown off a missed blocked field goal from teammate, from t- from teammate Owen Levesky. And he also got a 52-yard reception touchdown off Owen Levesky. Not too much yards on the side of Randag, but huge plays and all touchdowns of the night coming from him. Owen Levesky also nailed two field goals for the T-Birds in the upset win. Total yardage for the Thunderbirds, 347 yards, something that this team did not see even once last year, over 250 yards. So already a big turnaround there for the offensive side of the ball for Coronado. Cade Little had a nice night, 181 yards on 26 carries. And Owen Levesky through the air, 6 out of 15, 90 yards, a touchdown and an interception. For Chapin, they were able to move the ball but made mistakes at bad times and really turning the ball over at bad times. But Evan Rivera got the start over Aiden Quinn. He finished with 241 yards and two touchdowns, 25 out of 39 through the air. Savion Jordan, 124 yards and a touchdown. And Hunter Standifer, one touchdown, seven receptions and 30 yards. 351 yards for the Huskies, but they only find the end zone twice and turn it over twice. And that would be the final. Coronado fans have got to feel good about this, and Mike Pry has got to feel even better. It's a final here at Austin's Army McKee Stadium. It's Coronado upsetting Chapin 34-20. Yeah, I thought yeah. That was an understatement. Uh, they got to be ecstatic. Uh, and remember, Bo, the, the names we're hearing, we're hearing Randag and Levesque. Those were the two guys last year's sophomores after Tristan Escovedo went down and really left that Coronado offense in a destitute state. They were fighting it out for the quarterback position, both getting snaps. Randag got the better end of the play, but it looks like uh, Pry made the right decision, put him out in the field where he can be an athlete. Levesque is the quarterback now, and the two of them uh, performed Brilliantly tonight. In fact, uh, 
if uh, the info we got from uh, f- from Jeremy was correct, uh, first half, Levesque blocked a, a kick as well that set up, uh, I think, the 30-yard touchdown reception, Levesque to Randag to really put the route on at the end of the first half. Wow. wow what a terrific I, – I, I can't figure what year the Coronado <laughs> Thunderbird football fan base – could have been as happy as they are tonight. Absolutely. With new head coach Mike Pry going against former uh, former coworker Ryan Warner, both under Darren Walker at the Franklin uh, program. Now uh, heading up Coronado and Chapin's team. And Coronado getting the victory over Chapin, 34-20. Let's head out to the Field of Dreams and join the Centennial Hawks and Franklin Cougars. Get an update from Bill Kuhn from the Field of Dreams. Bill, take it away. Four minutes, 53 seconds left in the game. It is Centennial 49, Chapin 21. Chapin scored on a 39-yard pass play. I'm sorry, you're right, Franklin. You just said Chapin. So Franklin scored on a 39-yard pass play to Bo Sparks to give them the 21 point. Uh, Just while I was on the phone, uh, uh, Centennial just came out, 12-yard run by the quarterback for Centennial, David Hernandez, for a touchdown. Uh, it's been all Centennial. Chapin has been has had the ball in the second half for over ten minutes, but with a strip ball and one touchdown, that's all they can come up with in the second half. So, with four minutes forty four seconds left in the game, it's Centennial forty nine, Franklin twenty one. All right, Bill, thank you so much. Hey, we're going to try to get out an exciting game with Coach Jaime Chavez in just a moment. But, Bill, thank you so much. 49-21, just a few minutes to go, left of the field of dreams between the Centennial Hawks and the Franklin Cougars. If you're a Franklin Cougar fan, you may be a little disappointed, but the Centennial Hawks are for real. A big win last weekend, and it looks like another big win this weekend going into New Mexico football wow. play. So, uh, what, once again, we have a final in our 915 Tours game of the week. Pebble Hills all over Canateo, 23 nothing. The Coronado T Birds all over the Chapin Huskies, 34 20. Austin falls to Fort Stockton, 18 16. South Lake Carroll all over the Eastwood Troopers, 66 14. Elsewhere, Del Valle over Burgess, 56 nothing. And the Socorro Bulldogs fall to Lubbock, 41 8. One other final in there, Bo. This one just from uh, Bowie's Beatty Samang Stadium. And talking about being uh, as happy as you've been in a little while. Hanks Knights uh, also must be ecstatic. Uh, 40 to 15, they beat uh, the Bowie Bears tonight. Xavier Johnson had a huge game, a couple of hundred yards. Uh, remember, he's the one, a better game last year, 27 26. That one at Excalibur Stadium. Johnson, a, a long TD run with uh, just under a few minutes left to uh, hand the Knights that uh, harrowing victory. Not so harrowing tonight, man. They dominated. All right. We're going to head out to uh, David Guest at Bowie's Beatty Semang Stadium after the coach, Jaime Chavez. But let's go out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, at Matador Stadium with an update on El Dorado and Parkland. Coach. 12.3 seconds left in the contest, and it looks like El Dorado has sealed the victory right now. Parkland going for it at the uh, at the El Dorado 36 of fourth and 13, and Eric Ortiz's pass just fell short to Alejandro Lopez, and it looks like uh, well, that El Dorado has has taken a timeout. Parkland is out of timeouts. It looks like all they got to do is just come on out and uh, just put just kneel down, and uh, that is it. And uh, well. we'll 
get it officially. But the big the big story tonight for El Dorado in the second half, Ryan Estrada coming on strong. Touchdown runs of 83, 50, and one yard. He had eight carries tonight, 175 yards rushing. A great effort tonight by Ryan Estrada. He also caught a 30-yard touchdown pass uh, from Quincy Estrada. And also Quincy Estrada threw a 22-yard touchdown pass to Devin Rubio. And the clock runs, and uh, this one is just about over. The clock is getting to the zeros. And yes, it's a final in Northeast El Paso. El Dorado, 35, and Parkland, 27. And some uh, here's some uh, some stats. Uh, El Dorado quarterback, Quincy Estrada, he was 9 of 13, 116 yards passing, two touchdowns. And also for, uh, for Parkland tonight, uh, Anthony Carrillo had a strong showing, rushing the ball quite well, 23 carries, 102 yards, and he had touchdown runs of 22 and 2 yards. And also for uh, Parkland, Eric Ortiz, he threw two touchdown passes, a 47-yard touchdown pass to uh, DJ Crest and a 13-yard to Alejandro Lopez. The value number on both sides, but uh, this one was a barn burner. Next week, Parkland is going to be at Austin, and El Dorado will host Chapin. Great matchup tonight, and the final once again in Northeast El Paso at Matador Stadium, El Dorado 35 and Parkland 27. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Great job tonight. El Dorado, a big win over Parkland. Coach, we'll see you at our after-game, uh, pre-game, uh, or post-game party over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough. Should be a lot of fun. Cabo Joe's Yarborough in East El Paso. And, and Bo, in case you think it's a coincidence, the quarterback, Quincy Estrada, the do-everything quarterback for El Dorado over these last three years now, and the new running back, 30-yard touchdown reception. What else did we hear? An 83-yard touchdown run. 51-yard touchdown run, not a coincidence. Both of their names are Estrada. Little brother, Quincy Estrada's little brother, Ryan Estrada, a freshman. Wow. Who just ripped the Parkland Matador defense apart. Wow. For four more years, nine more games, possible playoffs, and three more years. For Ryan Estrada. Welcome to Wow. Welcome, welcome to varsity football. Welcome to Friday night football. You Fantastic. betcha. Fantastic. All right, let's head out to Bowie's Beatty Semang Stadium and join David Guest as we have a final between the Hanks Knights and Bowie Bears. David, take it away. Yeah, final here on the south side of El Paso. Hanks, the victor the victor at forty to fifteen, the final here. Uh first half, three costly turnovers. From the Bowie offense, three fumbles led to 21 points for Hanks. Two touchdown pass for, passes from Hanks quarterback Marcus Porras. A 40 uh, screen pass for 40 yards going to Dominic Casillas. A 70-yard pump-and-go bomb to Eric Folkadol. And then a 15-yard quarterback keeper by himself. The second half was dominated by Hanks running back Xavier Johnson. Finished off the night with nearly 200 yards and two touchdown scores. Again, the final here at Bowie, 40 to 15. Hanks on top. All right, David, thank you so much. Great job from Bowie's Beatty Semang Stadium. We'll see you over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough. And uh, well, nice job by your, for your first week here on Football Friday Night. Hanks Knights, 
40 to 15 victors over the Bowie Bears. Let's head out to the Lower Valley and Riverfront Stadium and join Joe Rodriguez with an update on Isleta at Riverside. Joe. 515 left in the ball game, and it is Riverside Rangers leading the Isleta Indians by the score of 55 to 34. Right now, Evan Martinez just scored for the Riverside Rangers, a 48-yard quarterback keeper. Very nice scramble, and then he converted on the two-point extra conversion try. Their first uh, extra point of the night for the Riverside Rangers. Prior to that, just after I got done with my last report, Jose Guardado scored from one yard out. A 13-play, 93-yard drive for the Riverside Rangers gave Guardado his fifth touchdown of the night. The Riverside Rangers right now just took the ball at their own 38-yard line with 515. Left in the ball game, it is all Riverside leading Riverside, uh, excuse me, by the score of fifty-five to thirty-four. All right, Joe, thank you so much. Wow, what a game for the Riverside Rangers to start off the season against their Lower Valley rivals. Hey, a barn burner at the sack, the late night sack game, student activities complex between the East Lake Falcons and the Andres Eagles. We have an update. Let's go to Brandon Cohn at the sack. Brandon. 5.49 left in this contest. Andrus 14, Eastlake 14. It's an instant classic at the 6.58 mark of the fourth quarter. Andrus decides to go for it on a fourth and 10 quarterback. Duncan finds his wideout, Sean Owens, for the 15-yard touchdown. The PAT is money as he ties it up. That's a 13-play, 80-yard drive, tying the game up at 14 apiece. And as I'm speaking, it's a timeout by Eastlake, but Eastlake is driving there than the Andrus side of the field at about the 38-yard line. It's a great game here in Far East El Paso. 5.49 remaining in this one. Andrews, 14, Eastlake, 14. Brandon Cohn with the update from the sack. Great job, Brandon. The Iceman is back. Great to hear. We're excited to see and get an update from that one. As we're going to take a break, we're going to get our Longhorn Distributing out-of-town scoreboard from Paul McKinnon. We'll also get a want to remind you, that you can visit 600ESPNElPaso.com for recaps, photos by Prep 1, and final scores for Football Friday Night. As we take a break, we have much more Football Friday Night scores. You're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Some final scores all around the area. The Jefferson Silver Foxes top Horizon 21-19. Fabens all over Chaparral 53-8. And Anthony, the Wildcats, get a win over San Elizario to start the season. Anthony tops San Eli 22-16. Let's head out to Paul McKinnon. I think we're going to talk about our Longhorn Distributing out-of-town scoreboard. Paul, what do you got for us? Uh, he caught me riding as usual. Uh, these <laughs> things are all over the place. Been throwing them together as we go. Uh, let's start with uh, last we had was only a halftime uh, sh- uh, score, but Shoemaker 24 to 10 over San Angelo Central. Remember, Central's in District 2, 6A this year. Uh, they made the move over. So they're with the, the Odessas and the Midlands and uh, Friendship. They'll be vying against our uh, 6A four playoff teams. Uh, Wichita Falls Rider, this one, uh, 58 to 10. Uh, that was near the end of the, the contest. That one's got to be done. Wichita Falls takes it out on their Wichita Falls partner, Wichita Falls High, 58 to 10. Uh, final, the Mojo, Disapermian, all over Abilene, 17 to 3. Ho hum, so what? But do remember Abilene, when they're both in the same district last year, beat. Odessa Permian, and uh, Permian has a long memory, especially that defense. Only three points for Abilene High, which, by the way, has dropped down to 5A uh, this year out of the 6A. 
Uh, elsewhere, Shallow Water beats Monahans 47-27. Monahans in the 4A District 2, along with Clint and Fabens and uh, Mountain View. So they test themselves, but to come up short tonight, Amarillo Caprock hammers Hereford 54-7. Here's Midland Legacy back to 6A, 47-21, all over Amarillo High. Jumped out to a big lead and uh, coasted from there. Elsewhere, uh, Lubbock Cooper, uh, regional finalists each of the last uh, couple of years. They've been the ones knocking Wichita Falls Rider out of the way. The, the two always meet in that uh, contest. Wichita Falls Rider got to be doing uh, backflips these days because Cooper moved up to uh, 5A Division One. Wichita Falls Rider down in Division Two. In fact, actually to 5A. So they'll be looking for uh, probably the fourth place from uh, that district coming out. That will not be uh, uh, nice to see. Fabens, 19-6. to I think that's the last... No, you read the Fabian score. One other score, uh, Canyon Randall uh, takes down Andrews in a closer-than-expected contest, 30-22, to 22, and that's going to be your uh, out-of-town scoreboard, Bo Bagley. All right, Paul McKinnon, our out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Longhorn Distributing. Other scores from the Land of Enchantment, Mayfield topping Santa Teresa tonight, 24-7, to while Oregon Mountain tops Deming, 28-7. to Big win for the Oregon Mountain Black Knights. Hey, let's head out to Brandon Cone and get an update from the sack on the late game between the Andrus Eagles and the East Lake Falcons. Brandon, what's the update for us? 3.15 left in this contest. Eastlake has retaken the lead 21-14 to over Andrus. At the 3.31 mark of the fourth, Eastlake quarterback Nomelli scores on a nine-yard keeper at the Falcons as they regain the lead in this phenomenal game. The PAT was good. It's an eight-play drive, 70 yards as they march right down the field and get that score, the go-ahead score, 21-14. We have 250 and counting in this game. Andrus currently at their own 20-yard line trying to potentially tie this game, but it's been a great game as Eastlake almost nearly picks off Andrus and ends this contest. But we have 239 left in this one, and Eastlake up 21-14 to over the Eagles. All right, Brandon, thank you so much, Adrian, and talk about this, the East Lake defense. Uh, see if they can show up. East Lake has always played well at home. Andrews Eagles, do they have the offense to come back and score with two and a half minutes to go? Yeah, I love Elias Duncan. I think he's one of those quarterbacks who's uh, really matured throughout his time with the Andrews Golden Eagles, but I look on the defensive side with East Lake and what they bring with Hector Hinojos. Uh, he's somebody who put up over 170 total tackles last season, comes back on their team this year as their standout player defensively, that front seven for Eastlake can just shut you out and make you go three and out right away. So uh, as long as their defensive backs don't have are, are not really playing with their heels and, and kind of like looking behind their back, I think Eastlake's got this one right here. Great drive by them to cap this game off, and uh, they should they should uh, secure this win here uh, against Andrus. But on the flip side, one missed tackle and Malcolm Anderson last I go. checked is pretty darn there, fast, and there he goes. Andrus, uh, we'll see if Andrus can come back and tie this one up or potentially take a, the lead with a two-point conversion. We'll get an update from Brandon Cohn in just a moment. Let's head out to Joe Rodriguez at last check. Riverside had put up over 50 on their lower valley rivals. Do we have a final? Let's get an update from Joe Rodriguez at Riverfront Stadium. Joe. 137 left in the ball game, and it is Riverside leading his up by the score of 55-34. to 34. Head coaches uh, Gary Recorder and Joe Martinez are trying their darndest to put this game to bed, but the officiating crew apparently has 
some other plans in mind. Not much happening here. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio. I'll give you a call back with my update here in hopefully uh, less than uh, five minutes. But for right now, it is Isleta with the ball, second and long, but they are trailing the Riverside Rangers by the score of 55-34. to 34. All right, Joe, thank you so much. So is let it down by three touchdowns to their lower Valley rivals. This one should be a walk in the park for Riverside for the, the last couple minutes. Let's head out to the Field of Dreams and join Bill Kuhn for an update on Centennial and Franklin. Bill, take it away. It's all over here at the Field of Dreams. It's Centennial 49, Franklin 21. Centennial is, is the best team here in Las Cruces for sure this year as they beat uh, Cleveland, the state champs, uh, last week. And they just came back out, and Franklin met a buzzsaw named Micah Gutierrez, finishing the day off with 186 yards of carries. It, uh, Franklin is not bad. They have some bright light, bright spots on their offense for sure. The, the quarterback, David Hernandez, is a wonderful quarterback, and I think uh, when they get back to El Paso and play the El Paso area football teams, they're going to do okay, but they ran into a buzzsaw in Centennial, probably the best team in Las Cruces. So it's a final here at Field of Dreams. Centennial 49, Franklin Cougars 21. And, Bo, a big thank you to uh, the New Mexico or Las Cruces Athletic Department that was so welcoming to us, uh, made a nice place, made Bill Kuhn feel right at home at the Field of Dreams, or as the Franklin Cougars will call it, on their way home to the, you know this one already, <laughs> on the bus ride home, the Field of Nightmares. There you go. <laughs> as Centennial all over the Cougars, what a lousy way to start your season. Tough for the Franklin Cougars, but the Centennial Hawks are for real, improving to 2-0 and on the season. Centennial topping Franklin. It's a final, 49-21. Should be a final at Highlander Stadium. Let's get an update from Russ Bannister. And Bel Air and Irvin. Russ. Nope. Oh, Russ is uh we're gonna get Russ in just a moment. How about this? We're gonna take a break, commercial break, have much more finals from all over the area. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on six hundred ESPN El Paso. They say to never mess with the classics, but Panera did just that and more with our new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. By using pan-seared chicken, our secret garlic aioli recipe, Parmesan crisps, and pickle chips, all on a buttery brioche roll. Because if no one messed with the classics, you'd never have a chicken sandwich this good. New Chef's Chicken Sandwiches from Panera. Only $1 delivery fee when you order on our app. Restrictions apply. For details, visit PaneraBread.com slash delivery info. All cleaning equipment needs the proper maintenance to give years of optimum service. At Longhorn Distributing, we've increased our staff of factory-trained hot seat pressure washer technicians to provide that service. I'm Lauren Hodges, owner of Longhorn Distributing. And if you have a problem with your pressure washer, floor scrubber, or parts washer, or need to trade up to a new machine, give us a call at 772-9092. Or visit our store at 5516 East for the help that you need. That's Longhorn Distributing in the middle of El Paso. The Labor Day event from Dell Technologies is here. End the summer strong by starting up a new season of productivity. Your business upgrade begins with up to 48% off top-rated laptops, like Vostro, taking performance to the next level with 12th Gen Intel Core processors. It's time to push your growing business even further. What's next for you? Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Ah, thinking about gas mileage? 
If your check engine light is on, it may be affecting your MPGs. But the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help. With the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes, you'll know what's affecting your gas mileage and more. And you don't have to drive too far to find the fix. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service is available at all 6,200 stores. See details at AutoZone.com. Are you the biggest Cowboys fan? Die hard, love you boys, no matter what. Do you live for every great Cowboys moment? Is your fantasy team stacked with Dak, Elliott, Lamb, and Bam? Then you are the biggest fan, and we've got something you've got to have. KLAQ and Miller Lite present the Dallas Cowboys Touchdown Flyaway. Free trips for two to every Cowboys game, including round-trip airfare and game tickets. Plus, from 915 Tours, a Cowboy meet-and-greet, a gorgeous hotel room at the Omni, and pre-game tailgate. Register at Yes We Do Family Hair Salon, 931 North Wrestler Drive, and 12370 Edgemere. Order City Ale House, Casino 6 Lee Trevino, and at Total Auto Repair, 5559 El Paso Drive, just off Paisano. Details and a chance to see the Cowboys and the Giants Thanksgiving Day online at KLAQ.com. Thanks to Busy Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer of the Cowboys. Down over the middle, intercepted by Diggs. Diggs 20, Diggs out. Sign up details online at KLAQ.com. Welcome back to Football Friday Night Week 1 right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Some final scores from some big games tonight in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. Pebble Hills tops Kennetillo 23-0. The El Dorado Aztecs come down from being 13 down to beat Parkland 35-27. Coronado shocks Chapin 34-20. Centennial all over Franklin 49-21. And then another big one, South Lake Carroll, all over the Eastwood Troopers, 66-14. Let's head out to Highlander Stadium. Bel Air Highlanders hosting the Irvin Rockets. This one should be a final. Let's get the update from Russ Bannister. Russ. Yeah, the final out here at Highland Stadium is 56-21 in the favor of Bel Air Highlanders. And what I can really want to say, it was the uh, Matt Martinez show. He had uh, 17 carries for 217 yards. The longest was 60, and he had four touchdowns. So it was, uh, like I say, it was a, a, the, <laughs> the Martinez show. Uh, they held, uh, Bel Air's defense was very stout tonight. They held Irvin to, uh, on uh, 26 rushes for a total of 20 yards. Wow. And about seven sacks. Uh, the passing game was non existent. Uh, for uh, Irvin, for uh, Bel Air, they really didn't need to throw the ball because they just dominated the ground. So, uh, from uh, Highland Stadium on the beautiful campus of Bel Air High School, which has been restored in the last year or two, and the final score was 26 Bel Air and 21 the Irvin Rockets. All right, Bel Air, I think that was 56-21 Bel Air over Irvin. But, Russ, thank you so much. Once again, 56-21 Bel Air over the Irvin Rockets. Big, big, big game for the Bel Air Highlanders to start off the season. Hey, we got an exciting one over the Student Activities Complex. Let's head out to the East Lake Falcons, Andrews Eagles, and get an update from Brandon Cohn, Iceman. What do you got for us? 
We have a final as time ticks down to triple zeros. Eastlake 27 to 14 over Andrus. Eastlake puts a bow on this one with 37.4 seconds to go as Samuel Atilano adds that exclamation point on a 10 yard score. The PAT was no good. So the the uh, you know everybody's in the middle of the field congratulating one another. This one is over. We just literally have the final. Eastlake gets a big win, twenty-seven to fourteen over Andrews to move to one and zero on the season. All right, Brandon, thank you so much. A big game for the Eastlake Falcons to come back. Remember, they were down uh, by a point in the third quarter. It was seven to six. Andrews all over that one. A big win for Eastlake, but the one disappointment. What Brandon just said, the extra point was not good. When your kicker, Eastlake Falcon kicker, is Julian Malucci, mm-hmm. the four-year phenom. The, the best top, kicker in El Paso. The best kicker in the state of Texas, according to Dave Campbell. He's uh, their first-team place wow. kicker in 6A. Darn skippy, wow. And Julian yep. Malucci, may, uh, maybe it was time with the game yeah. over that uh, we let uh, Malucci's brother <laughs> or cousin or somebody like that try and kick the extra point. He's not used to missing. Hey, but they still won. 27-14 Eastlake over Andrus. Uh, thank you, Brandon. We'll see you over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough for our post-game wrap-up party. Let's head out to Riverfront Stadium. Should be a final between Riverside and Isleta. Let's get that final wrap-up from Joe Rodriguez. Joe, take it away. 23 seconds left in the ballgame, and it is Riverside leading Isleta by the score of 55 55- to 42. As soon as I got off the air with you all, Evan Martinez connected with Adrian uh, Martinez to score on a 70-yard touchdown pass. The two-point conversion was good, making it 55-28. The Isleta Indians then went for the onside kick. They recovered the ball, and right now we find ourselves with second and 10 to go at the Riverside 34-yard line. And as I say that, Evan Martinez bubbles the snap. And he's scrambling all the way everywhere around and gets back for a more than 20-yard loss with 12 seconds still running on the clock. And I think that is going to be the ball game as the Riverside Rangers pick up their first victory of the season over the Slita Indians by the score of 55-42. to uh, For Slita Indians, uh, despite the, the loss, the most notable thing for tonight had to been the performance by the quarterback, Evan Martinez, the sophomore quarterback that weighs, uh, that is uh, 6'3", uh, was able to um, was able to do things right. He rushed the ball for uh, 161 yards over a dozen, over a dozen runs. Uh, Martinez had, Riverside had three rushing touchdowns um, on the night. Uh, although he did make a handful of mistakes with regards to, uh, you know, trying to pass the ball and uh, mishandling the ball, typical sophomore mistakes. Um, I do have to say, over on the Riverside side, of, uh, on the Riverside side of things, this team showed tonight that they are very, are going to be very highly dependent on two players, and of course, those two players I'm talking about will be Angel Munoz and Jose Guardado. Obviously, like I mentioned. Uh, Angel Munoz got disqualified halfway through the second quarter while Jose Guardado went on to take a brunt of the offensive responsibility for Gary Recorder and the Riverside Rangers going on to score five touchdowns. But, gentlemen, I will call it like I see, even though this is only the first game of the season. Um, I haven't seen a team be this dependent on two players 
since the days of Burgess when, uh, you know, the Jones brothers uh, pretty much did everything for that team. Uh, Adrian uh, Estrada, number seven for Riverside, tried to take uh, a little bit of that run but was unable to. Uh, whenever the Riverside Rangers really needed to move the ball, they turned to Jose Guardado. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio uh, from out here at Riverfront Stadium on the campus of Riverside High School. It is the Riverside Rangers picking up their first win of the season, defeating the Atlanta Indians by the score of 55-42. to And like they say, Bo, if it ain't broke, don't mm-hmm. fix it. Uh, you know, those two fellas, uh, Angel Munoz and Jose Guardado, were good for about, eh, I don't know, about 3,500 yards combined rushing last year. Riverside went all the way to the round of 16 regional semifinals. You know, not too bad. And by the way, Joe was throwing out uh, uh, Evan Martinez. Uh, remember, played as a freshman last year as a receiver on varsity. And, of course, coach's kid, Joe, head coach Joe Martinez, uh, his pride and joy. And, uh, you know, probably probably going to be a good one. I mean, if you're, if you're the coach's kid. Uh, you probably have to be. Otherwise, you know, I don't know, maybe you get locked out on Friday nights on, on a bad evening. Absolutely. But a big win for the Riverside Rangers over the Zaleta Indians, 55-42. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough for our football Friday night postgame party. We're going to take a quick break. We have finals all over the borderland. We'll do our final score recap. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Hear ye, hear ye. Thanks for coming to the town square. First, I'd like to tell you about Steve. He's a plumber. I hear he does good work. Also, Tim. He's this new thing called a dentist. Oh, and Monica. She has a new vegan restaurant. I didn't even know that was a thing yet. Anyway, if you need those things, just wander around town and try to find them because the internet hasn't been invented yet, so I don't know. This isn't the olden days. Those days are long gone. If you're looking for information, now there's a better and quicker way to spread word of mouth online at town square el paso we can show you how to harness the power of your existing word of mouth and amplify it online go to townsquarelocal.com that's townsquarelocal.com for a free local customer analysis where you can see how many local customers in el paso you can reach online visit townsquarelocal.com that's townsquarelocal.com and be the town square today Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts knows a farmer's work is never done. We carry premium brand ag and heavy-duty parts, hydraulic couplings and fluid, fuel transfer pumps, filters, and more. Select stores also make custom hydraulic hoses. To learn more, go to O'ReillyAuto.com and type farm into the search bar. Shop online or in-store at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Ah, thinking about gas mileage? If your check engine light is on, it may be affecting your MPGs. But the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help. With the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes, you'll know what's affecting your gas mileage and more. And you don't have to drive too far to find the fix. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service is available at all 6,200 stores. Get in zone, AutoZone. See details at AutoZone.com. I want to take more chances with the embroidering. Henley's vision for a new clothing line is coming into focus. Dramatic. They'll need an on-staff photographer to put their collection in the spotlight. Why is no one taking shots of these? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey, it's Greeny. Stay tuned at 4 today for Sports Talk with Steve Kaplowitz. Welcome back to Football Friday Night. We're not letting anything linger here. We got final scores from all over the city on right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. In 6A high school football, Maltwood falls to Midland 56-28 at the 4 p.m. kickoff at the SAC. In our 915 Tours Game of the Week, Pebble Hills tops Canateo 23-0. And maybe our shocker of the week, Coronado tops Chapin 34-20. First win and first game for new Coronado head coach Mike Pry. Up in the field of dreams, Franklin falls to Centennial 49-21. And the East Lake Falcons come back from a point down in the third quarter to top the Andrus Eagles 27-14. And the big game out of town, the Eastwood Troopers fall to the South Lake Carroll Dragons 66-14. Elsewhere, Socorro falls on the road in Lubbock. 41 to 8. In 5A, Delvai tops Burgess 56 nothing. Jefferson all over Horizon 21-19. Hanks all over Bowie 40 to 15. And Riverside, 4A Riverside topping 5A as Letta 55-42 in a battle of Lower Valley rivals. Also the Bel Air Highlanders get a big first win in the first week of the season, 56-21 over the Irvin Rockets. In 4A, Fort Stockton shocks Austin, 18-16, handing the Panthers a loss. In 4A, Anthony stops Sanelli, 22-16. Mountain View all over Alpine, 40-13. Hershey tops Clint, 48-7. Fabens all over Chaparral, 53-8. Up in the land of enchantment, Oregon Mountain tops Deming, 28-7. And the Mayfield Trojans top the Santa Teresa Desert Warriors, 24-7. Hey, Adrian, what do you got for us on your top performers for tonight? Yeah, this one's coming from uh, our great friends at the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. The senior player of the game, Matt Martinez from Bel Air, 217 on the ground and four total touchdowns. What a standout night for him. And want to remind everybody, senior football players must have SAT, ACT results submitted by December 1st to be eligible for the combine and the game. You can go to 915showcase.com, check out their social media, to see weekly top five performers, scores and stats of teams, players, and more. And that's the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. Also want to mention our Taco Avocado Top Athlete of the Night. It goes to none other than Coronado's Blake Randag, who had five total touchdowns tonight for the Thunderbirds, three on the ground, one receiving, and one on the defensive side. If you need a new place to try, uh, how about experiencing Taco Avocado for feel-good fast food, family packs available for the big game, or stop by their drive-thru and grab Taco Avocado to go. You can dine in at 2114 North Zaragoza or order online at tacoavocado.com. I want to run down some big games for next week, guys. Here are some uh, games that I'm seeing out of the 6A ranks. Uh, This, again, remember, we're still a non-district play. On Thursday, Odessa High hosting Americas, a tough one in back-to-back weeks for the Trailblazers. Andrus will take on the Franklin Cougars next Friday. Coronado, how about this one, guys? Coronado hosting the Canyon T 
Tio Eagles. That should be an interesting one. El Dorado taking on Chapin next week. Pebble Hills playing host to Del Valle. Rio Rancho hosting um, the Eastlake Falcons. San Angelo Central hosting Montwood. And then now going over to the 5A ranks, we have uh, Riverside hosting Burgess. Could be an interesting game over there. El Dorado playing host to Chapin. Hanks will visit El Paso. Jefferson going up against Irvin. And then, of course, like I mentioned earlier, that Coronado Canyon Tio game. And then lastly, in the 4A ranks, Bowie hosting Horizon next week. You have, uh, of course, San Elizario hosting Pecos. That one kicking off at 6 o'clock in the last game. Parkland hosting Austin. Should be a great one right there. Absolutely. Adrian Broadus, thank you so much. Uh, Paul, your final thoughts on a, a very exciting night, and I think if you want to find Blake Randag over at Coronado right now, go. he's on Mike Pry's shoulders as Mike Pry is <laughs> <laughs> taking him off off the field right now on his shoulders, excited. What a way to start a, a, your first, uh, first win as a first-year head coach. That's right. And I guess the thing I would say is uh, for the folks out there that thought maybe Pebble Hills was still a little young and maybe they're your way till all these juniors turn into seniors, yeah, you probably better rethink that because they took apart a solid Candy Teal team. I know Candy Teal's 5A and Pebble Hills is 6A, but darn it, they're good. And uh, they didn't look like it tonight. Uh, Adrian saw some of that out at Lowenberg Stadium. Uh, Pebble Hills clearly the better team, and it was the Pebble Hills defense that impressed uh, even more than that offense. On the flip side, uh, Franklin falling to Centennial, 49-21. I know Centennial is uh, possibly at least among the best teams in the in the state of New Mexico, but that's New Mexico and we're Texas, and uh, Franklin should have done a much better job than they did with Centennial. At least in the early stages, uh, the Franklin Cougars not ready for primetime yet, but they do have a couple of weeks uh, before the start of district, and Darren Walker's been a miracle worker over there for, what, 15 years now. You tell, and you throw in the five years from Chape, and I think he's been in the head coaching biz for about 20 years now. So he knows a thing or two about uh, about a thing or two. And and lastly, I'll just say El Dorado moving up to 6A as poorly as they've played since Sedarius Barfield left. Same time that uh, that team left 6A. Now they're back. They need to turn their game up. They needed a mercurial, explosive player. Well, they already had Quincy Estrada who makes some plays, but he needed some help. And I think uh, the help may have come from his very old, very own household. Uh, Ryan Estrada had an incredible game as a freshman tonight. I don't know if we've seen a, a better debut since maybe Aaron Dumas going for 377 and winning uh, the Eastwood game on a hitch and pitch with seconds left. His sophomore season, that guy announced, hey, I'm here and I'm pretty darn good. And that may be what uh, the freshman Ryan Estrada did tonight against the Parkland defense. He was he was incredible. El Dorado maybe a statement win in Week One. Coronado a statement win, and Pebble Hills sure a statement win. Holding L.J. Martin, the heralded running back for Canateo, to just 61 total yards for the Eagles against the Spartans. Remember, you can visit 600ESPNElPaso.com for recaps, photos by Prep One, and final scores. From right here on Football Friday Night, make sure to subscribe to the Football Friday Night On Demand for the replay of each show. Football Friday Night On Demand is available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm Bo Bagley for Paul McKinnon, Adrian Broadus, and producer Angel Munoz. Thank you for tuning in to 600 ESPN El Paso. This is Football Friday Night. You've been listening to Football Friday Night with Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Don't forget to follow the Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at 600 ESPN El Paso. Visit us online at 600ESPNElPaso.com for all of the latest regarding your high school football reports and more. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.